Hi guys, this is Danny. And this is Molly. And this is Black Chick Lit. And we are ready. We're back at you. Back at you. We're in 2020. <laughs> uh-huh. In January. For the most wonderful time <laughs> of, of my year. <laughs> it's Urban Fic Month. That's right, fools. We're back at you with Urban Lit January. I don't. Why did I turn into a disc jockey? I don't Daniel? know, but I loved it. <laughs> Keep that energy up. I really. Hey, hey, hey! It's Danny and Molly coming at you. <laughs> we got the hottest titles straight from Triple Crown Publications. Yeah, we got to be playing Sierra. Oh my uh, God, the music in this. <laughs> well, we're gonna get into it. So, how have you been, Molly? I have been good we are in the thick of this fourth trimester um baby squeaky is with his father currently (laughs) and i'm taking a little mini vacation to read this book (laughs) i'm sorry we couldn't get you a better book (laughs) see see i'm gonna withhold what i have to say about this book until we get started every time you say that I'm like, I know, I, re- I think back to, this could be us, but you playing. <laughs> when you caught me flat-footed on recording, <laughs> saying, oh yeah, I read the other two in the series. So, I mean, after that. You know, where can we go from there? Burn me once, Molly. <laughs> you have been busy this morning. I did. I So I've been doing this snowball series race. So you run four races, and each one you get a medal, and they all interlock into a giant super metal and so today's was a 7k which is a little over four miles and Mm. it was the worst one it was so cold and so windy and then because it had rained the night before the course was flooded so they're like oh yeah at one point you're gonna have to be running through standing water (laughs) (laughs) and so my feet and socks got completely wet and Mm. And yeah, it was a mess. It was I somehow managed to shave ten seconds off my mile time, so I guess there's that. Hey, but uh, yeah, so that's I, pretty good. So I I finished, got my medal, got my donut and water <laughs> bottle, got in the car. It promptly spilled the water all over my lap. <laughs> so my feet were cold, my lap was cold. Mm-mm. It's been a hard morning, and now I have like. Yeah. Skin missing on my ankle from those wet, from my wet socks rubbing off. <laughs> if you, if anyone, this extends to you, listener, if you see me tweeting about taking part in any other race, you have permission to like just smack those words out my mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am not that person. Mm. Yeah, so that was my morning. And then MJ came by and was a baby, trying <laughs> to steal my chicken nuggets, even though he has literally no teeth. So, babies, man, yeah. they're bold. They are bold. <laughs> they bold and they mad. He's he act- mad. He was actually pretty happy. He wasn't sad. He just looked sad. Oh. <laughs> I got in trouble with my family for calling my nephew little Eeyore because he has resting sad face. Well. <laughs> I'm not saying he is sad. I'm saying he just. He looks sad. He just always looks sad. <laughs> Maybe he's just tired. I mean, what does he have to be tired of? Everybody's <laughs> It's hard being a baby. Everybody's doing everything for him. He don't even walk yet. <laughs> this is as easy as it gets, baby. <laughs> so that was my morning. Yeah. So, but uh, my evening before was me mm. slamming this book 
Oh, right. Because <laughs> Molly can finish these books. And she'll be like, I finished it already. And I'll be <laughs> four days later. Uh, I'm 60% through. <laughs> but that's because you're reading other things. <laughs> Not really. It's because I don't want to read it. <laughs> and I read it very slowly. And I'll pick it up and put it down and pick it up and put it down. I took this one like a shot of hypnotic. <laughs> Did you know it was on Audible? Excuse me. Because <laughs> I was like, I had sent, when I sent you the copy, I was like, "Did you know it's on Audible?" And you didn't say anything, so I assumed you were like, oh, "I'm I cool that. with that." <laughs> I need to go listen to the sample because I need to hear. I need to hear what this sounds like. I wonder. I'm, I may do it right now just so we can Ooh, react. Audible. Do it. Oh, because I own the Kindle version, I can get the audio for the reduced price of seven dollars and forty nine cents. Ooh, get all that, Danielle. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That narrator is, she's good. She's good. This is exactly what I thought um, <laughs> Unique sounded like. Oh, really? I thought, I thought a little bit more, a little, a little more annoying. <laughs> like this. I will be returning this one, says one review. I wasn't too impressed with this book, but I will not hold it against the author. That's fair. The person I like best in this story was Legend, just because that's my son's name. That's all I can really say about this book before I return this mess. Mm. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Not um, everyone can recognize greatness. Game recognize game. <laughs> uh, we never did say what book we're talking about. We sure did it. We were just that excited. So we were. it's Urban Fic Month, which if you don't mm-hmm. know, every year we pick a title mm-hmm. of urban fiction we are about 10 mm-hmm. years late on this trend but we're gonna do it anyway <laughs> and we read it yeah so far we've read um this could be us but you plan mm-hmm. by cash it mm-hmm. we read um coldest winter ever by sister soldier mm-hmm. we <laughs> reached that mountaintop with um addicted by zane last year <laughs> <laughs> that was our first two-parter episode that was that was that was probably the high we're going to be chasing with this <laughs> podcast for a long time. And this year we're reading um, "Hold You Down" by Keisha Irvin. Now I think we should explain why we do Urban Fic Lump, Urban Fic Month. Ooh, the wide is already getting to be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you were running. I know. Uh, go ahead, Molly, because I feel like you'll do it more eloquently than me. So the reason we started. Um, specifically with Urban Lit is our first year we were reading a lot of um, literature books, like straight mm-hmm. literature, um, a lot of new releases. I think we may have done a classic. Um, and when we got to the end of the year and did our look back, we said, well, this isn't truly representative of what Black women are reading and what they're writing. Mm-hmm. And our goal has always been to to show that, like, we as Black women are not, like, this monolith. We don't just not read at all. We don't just read one thing. We don't just write one thing. We're reading and, the most. Uh, we're reading the most. And it's like Danielle said when she walked into that, that Barnes & Noble. Or was it a Borders? <laughs> I think it was a Books A Million. So a I Books A Million. <laughs> when she walked into that Books A Million and she saw, like, all this space for, like, every other genre. And she saw, like, one shelf for Black Lit. And it was like, well, well, black lit is so much bigger than just this. So we made in our second year onward, we made this effort to 
read more genre. Like we continue to read new releases and literature and classics, but we made like an actual concerted effort to read genre. Mm -hmm. And I think that that opened us up to a lot of, um, I think some of our best episodes, honestly. I think so. And so when we rolled around to year two, (laughs) or our next year, we said, well, here's a genre that we really haven't touched at all, which was urban lit. And it's it's so... Um, it's a thing. It, it, it's a thing. It's important to, like, black female writers, black indie writers, um, you know, uh, people reading, people passing the books around, like, people writing for us, by us, foo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, we always talk about... Um, uh, I don't know if you saw this Audible original that's out now. I read can by I be Reddit. honest? I don't pay attention to any of the Audible originals. I apologize. <laughs> oh my god! So I didn't. Um, let me see if I can send this to you. I I do not pay attention to them, but um, my problem is they're too short for me to like be invested in. Uh, this one came to my attention. I'll just I'll just send you it, <laughs> and I'll tell you that this was written by a white man. Oh no. And you could tell me why you think this might have been um, trending yesterday. I'm looking at what's offered this month. And I see one with an animated or like a cartoony drawn black girl named Tanaka Jones. That's it. Is that it? Yeah, just read some of the reviews. This made quite the splash the other day. So I'm just looking at the premise. In this dramatic comedy, Parks and Recreation and Good Girl star Retta brings humor and strength to her role as a unforgettable Tanaka Jones. What's in a name? A lot. The name Tanaka, for example, has been passed down the Jones family for generations of women. In fact, the Joneses name a Tanaka every other generation to let the name breathe a little. Uh, she's a grocery cashier by day. I'm trying to figure out where the story is. <laughs> Let's see the reviews. Let's more reading. The, oh my God, make it stop. This is pure utter garbage, but what can you expect when you have a very white man writing from the perspective of a strong black woman? I couldn't finish it and can't for the life of me understand how the narrator could read this shit. <laughs> At the very least, she could have pulled the writer aside to work on making this sound like something a black woman might actually stay instead of reading through his exhaustive attempts at A-V-E. Seen it with my own damn fly eyes. <laughs> Pull out a soapbox at the quick. I ain't running a soup kitchen up in my life. I don't know any black people that talk like this. Matt clearly doesn't know many black people at all. Modern Minstrel Show has another headline. Mm-hmm. Awful, just a bunch of ghetto noise. Yeah. So this the is word why ghetto I, keeps coming up. I know, and I feel kind of weird about like people saying like I'm ghetto. It's like relax yourselves. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like this coming up when it did was interesting like in light of us reading this book because it's like urban lit i think Uh more so than can you hear me yes Mm -hmm. okay i thought it went out (laughs) listener if that's it like we've had to start over twice (laughs) that's my old ass computer (laughs) it's like you don't want to update me then (laughs) fine um but uh it's, I think Urban Lit, more so than any of the genres that we've read so far, mm-hmm. is like a black space. Like, it oh, is yes. not trying to cater to people who don't 
understand like these places and this language and these people mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's not something that can be inauthentic um <laughs> <laughs> I'll right? get to that. Well, I mean, I think the writing, yes. I'm thinking back to the characters. <laughs> oh, oh, the characters and like the plot lines <laughs> and the nonsense. Yes. Yes. But it's not, it's like if you come in like this guy with this book, it's gonna seem fake and it's gonna be bad and it it's just not not I don't know. It can't be duplicated. Like, it's very much, like, of a time and of a place. And it's, like, it can't be... It, it's just not something you can... What is it? Like, uh, live among them for three years and mm-hmm. then write the book. I'm trying to quote that nice white lady. I forget what she said. Oh, what the... Ch- <laughs> <laughs> so, that that's grown so big. I had to step back. I was like, okay, this is professional and bylaws now. I can't... I can't Girl. <laughs> I think... Also uh-huh. with genre fiction, or not genre, urban lit, it's so stylized. Like, mm-hmm. you know, from the cover to the dialogue mm-hmm. to the plot, you know an urban lit book when you pick it up. Mm-hmm. And, it's just, and it's got its own conventions. Like, I, now, you know, I don't think that this is a genre either of us are like, you know, we'd read here and there, but I don't think we were like, um, uh, you know, the big fans of it like we were with the other genres that we had mm-hmm. introduced um but it's like yeah now you're seeing the like you said the style of it you're seeing the conventions of it you're seeing like the mentions of brands over and over <laughs> again and the restaurants and it's like it has its own uh um way of doing things um I will say I am glad mm-hmm. we've read more of it now because now when I read it I at least have things to compare it to yeah. And like things in comparison, like, so like when I, like, I know I don't like urban fic, but I do know what I can tolerate with mm-hmm. urban fic and what I can't. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's nice to at least have a bit more of like a compass when reading something. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. think it's also interesting because like these books sell, mm-hmm. not, not to the numbers of maybe some of the bigger genres, but like. They are popular, even with people mm-hmm. who don't consider themselves readers, especially mm-hmm. with people who don't consider themselves readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do well. So, I don't know if they're still doing well. That's true. There was a but hype. There was a hype. And I think you kind of see that, like, with we're the, the time frame. Like I said, there's definitely, they're of a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of Sierra and, um, oh my God. Two ways. Two way, two way pages. <laughs> two ways pages in this book. But it's like, I don't know. I, I think I probably like the urban lit books more than you. I think so. Um, I actually really thoroughly enjoyed this book. Did you really? I really did. I really liked it. You know what? I'm not surprised. Like I said, you already <laughs> you you already burned me once with not burned, but you already got me once with this could be us, but this could so now I know Molly might enjoy this. I yeah yeah I actually I actually very much enjoyed this <laughs> book, and I think that's why I read it so fast. Like I devoured it. Uh, I have we'll get into it, but I have to say for me there was too much St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should talk about why we read this book specifically. Oh yes, that's a very good point. So we picked this book, which is by Keisha Irvin. Um, 
because she is a St. Louis author, a mm-hmm. local indie St. Louis author, and her books take place in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Boy, do they. <laughs> <laughs> so we put up three of her titles on Patreon, and we let the Patreon patrons <laughs> vote on a title. This is the, so this isn't the winning title, but it's the prequel to the winning title, because I realized, one, there was some really triggery stuff in the one that won, and two, I, we didn't, let's just start at the beginning. Yeah, I, which uh, I was glad we did, because <laughs> there are a lot of twists and turns. <laughs> so much happening in this book. So, and I don't know, who does the second book follow? Because I went and I looked it up, and it's like some other name, and I'm like, I don't I know, know who I that was is. confused by that, because I was like, oh, I want to see, I think I even have a note. I was like, oh, they've got to be in the second book, and it was like, oh, no, I don't know, though. Because I thought she was setting up, again, we're get, we'll get to it, I thought she was setting up Zoe and Legend. I thought she was, too. And that didn't happen. No. I mean, no. it happened in this book, kind of. <laughs> Oh, from a pure marketing perspective, bad move. <laughs> Oops, please, now it's my phone. Bad move. You introduce them and then you tease people. And then you're like, oh, you want to read more about these two? Mm-hmm. Buy mm-hmm. book two. Nope, so. it was like their whole story is right here. <laughs> <laughs> and even like that third couple, like the other cousin gets hooked up with uh, oh, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Chris. Chris. Like right at the very end. So. <laughs> okay. Let us get into it. Yes. So again, this is Hold You Down by Keisha Irvin. She's written at least seven other novels, and she has a number of like shorter's work, shorter works in series and novellas. So many of her books, including this one, were published by Triple Crown Publications. I mentioned them earlier. I think they were a really big player in the aughts when it came to pr- printing and publishing these Urban Lick titles. They are no longer around. <laughs> if you go to Triple Crown Productions or Public... I keep saying Productions. It feels like it should be Productions. It does. <laughs> like a record label. If you go to TripleCrownPublications.com, the domain is gone. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of legal court cases. <laughs> I tried to see if I could read one, and it got really... Uh, there was a lot of legalese. I was like, I don't uh, even know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> the defendant... Uh, his opposition. I don't know what was happening. So <laughs> she, apparently the CEO of the publishing house was accused of stealing royalties, withholding Mm-mm-mm. royalties from her authors and freelancers. Mm-mm-mm. I know, right? So um, Doesn't this sound like the plot of... <laughs> oh, it really does. Because you know what she was doing before she opened this publishing house? What? She had been jailed for five years on a drug charge. <laughs> <laughs> And so she wrote the book while she was in jail, shopped around for it, couldn't find anyone who would want to publish it. So she's like, I'll publish it myself. So she paid like $2,500 to self-publish it. Another publishing house found it, gave her $50,000 to publish it. So she used that money to start her, to start Triple Crown Publications. See? (laughs) And if she hadn't, if she hadn't stolen all that money, apparently. Exactly. That could have been a very nice story. Uh, so yeah so that's what happened there so i i don't know but that's who this came through um it was originally published in june 2002 mm-hmm. and you can really tell mm-hmm. it, that took it, me back it really did. right you back to what? middle school that's the like if i was gonna say one nice thing about this book she can set up and maybe it's because she was there but she, you get a <laughs> sense of time and, and space in this mm-hmm. book like, I heard D4L playing in the background. 
Like I would open it up. Snap oh. music. Dun, dun, dun. Right? I guess we should say, um, you know, if you're not familiar with us, <laughs> we haven't mentioned it in the last like 30 minutes. We're both from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book, you're, you're from Kansas City. I'm, or, oh my God. You're from St. Louis. Yes. I'm from Kansas City. <laughs> um, I've been talking baby talk for like the last month and a half. So, like, having an adult conversation is difficult. Um, You are from St. Louis, and I'm from Kansas City. And this book reminded me of every person from St. Louis we (laughs) saw at the University of Missouri. When I tell you my first, Danielle, my first day of college. So, it, it took me back, when I say it, my very first day at the University of Missouri, Columbia. I was sitting in Hudson, the dining hall, and this girl came up to us, and she was like, uh, she was like, where you stay? And we were like, what? And she's like, where are you from, duh? And we were like, Kansas City. And she, would I tell you, she launched into a tirade that every single person I've ever met in my life from St. Louis has run down from that point on. Who you got? The Royals, we got the cards. Who you got? Tech Nine, we got Nelly. <laughs> you got nothing, we got the Arch. Like, I swear to you, Danielle. I swear to you. One time I was here, I was in Long Beach, California, in our year of the Lord 2018, with a Kansas City baseball hat on, waiting for my husband to come get the car driving around with this man from St. Louis walked to me. He's like, Are you from Kansas City? Yes. He's like, Let me tell you about the Cardinals. (laughs) This book was every St. Louis person I've ever met in my entire life. I. I had to be told that that was a thing. I think you told me that because I I don't get it. I love Kansas City. Well, you were, you know, you have that connection. (laughs) Remember when South said he knew I was from Kansas City originally? Because I had my own hair. hair. Oh, cousin South. I'll tell you, Missouri is different. Missouri is is. different. (laughs) Well, because, and I don't know about all of Mizzou, but within Black like Mizzou... You had, like, the kids from Kansas City, mm-hmm. the kids from St. Louis, and mm-hmm. then randomly the kids from, from Chicago, Chicago. Right? and the kids from Texas. And the kids from Texas. And it's like and the kids from so Kansas weird. City, bottom of the totem pole, <laughs> we're just there happy that, you know, this is in-state tuition for us. <laughs> we're learning about science for the first time. <laughs> The kids from St. Louis, you know, they're like dunking on us because they're like, oh. But then it's like they turn around and it's like, oh, you're from Chicago. You think you're better than me? And well, then the they- people from Chicago were better than us and we knew it. <laughs> when I tell you, so I dated someone from Chicago. When I tell you, like, um, and they were older, like we went to see some shitty movie and uh, we got in the car and it was like, I have no idea what the song was, but it was so smooth and the lyrics were so vulgar. And I was like. This must be what being an adult is like. <laughs> and they were passing around like, like drinks and stuff. I was like, this is so fancy. This is how they must be doing it in Chicago. 
And then the people from Texas are just like, I couldn't get into any Texas schools. So yes, that's exactly what it was. I worked for the admission office and they're like, yeah, there's a really big group of Texas students. If they don't get to the state school, they got nothing. They got no- they come here. Yeah. Missouri so. is different. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, so I was actually born in Kansas City. My mm-hmm. family lived there for a few years. I love Kansas City. I tried really hard to get to Kansas City from Iowa. So, because I feel like Kansas City and St. Louis is like artsier, more, you know, free will and sibling. Yeah, it's um, it's a special town. I feel like it's getting more and more hipster. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like more and more people are like, hey, have you heard of Kansas City? It's like, uh... <laughs> Barbecue. Barbecue. I went to this place called Gates. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So there you go. We haven't nerded out about Missouri in a while. In a minute. While we're so. overdue. You're welcome. And I but just want to yes. say hello <laughs> to all of Danielle's new followers who came here from Ice Planet. Oh, yes. We didn't talk about that. Yes. We, we can. We'll get to it later. But I figured we might have one or two new people who are checking us out and haven't heard the spiel yet. See, you're a better host than I am. Am I? I don't think so. <laughs> but yes, this book is so. So, so St. Louis. So St. Louis. So 2002. So, so like, I was, I, I was almost there. traveled back through time. <laughs> like, like a, like a portal opened up every time. Maybe that's why I couldn't like it either, because the early aughts for me, not a good time. <laughs> that's like high school, freshman year of college. Not great. Yeah. So, so I guess we should get into what this book is about. Let's do it. Okay, so you know how I normally say this synopsis doesn't include everything? Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'm confident that it includes everything. <laughs> <laughs> because I went through and I thought about what is the stuff that actually matters? Because there are a lot of stuff that pop off mm-hmm. that have absolutely no <laughs> impact on the plot. They're just like side quests that happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I went down and I thought before I included it on this little synopsis, I was like, did this impact the final climax of the story? And if it didn't, I got rid of it. Ooh, okay. Now I'm, I want to hear what she kept in. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. When we meet Unique and her crew, they're running a nationwide car theft ring that pulls in hundreds of thousands of dollars. One night at a party, Unique meets Big, a former drug dealer who's just got out of lockup and is looking to start his own record label. Record label. The two hit it off and start an intense and gross, to be quite honest, that's a side note, physical relationship. As the relationship develops, we learn more about Big and his struggles with bipolar disorder. This hits close to home for Unique, whose mother suffers from schizophrenia. And as children, Unique and her sister had to watch out for themselves, staying with distant family members as well as boyfriends. Now engaged to Big, Unique decides she wants to break away from her clique and go straight. This causes a rift between her and her cousin Kiara, a member of her clique who is falling deeper and deeper into a drug addiction. Unbeknownst to either Big or Unique, Nasheed, a member of Big's crew, is working with federal agents to get Big locked up for, well, pretty much anything they can. (laughs) One of these agents is Legend, who begins a relationship with Zoe, another member of Unique's clique. When Unique and Big discover that Unique's ex-boyfriend, Tone, raped her younger sister, Patience, they both vow to get revenge. Unique goes, roughs him up a bit, knocking him out, but leaves him alive. However, when Big finds him a few hours later, Tone is dead, having been shot through the head twice. Nasheed works with the police to frame Big for the crime. However, Legend says he's uncovered a witness who places another woman in the apartment at the time of the, scene, at the, time of the murder. 
It's later revealed that Kiara had made her tone in an attempt to frame Unique. Angry that her scheme has been foiled, she pulls a gun on Unique and shoots, but Big jumps in front of her to take the bullets. For her, I guess. The book ends with Unique and Nasheed on a boat, Unique having tricked the man into meeting her. She and Big kill him, dump him into the ocean, and escape with assistance from legend. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the most concise and succinct way for me to get this plot. I'm going to agree with you. Like, I think that's a really good, <laughs> succinct um, wrap up of the book. Like, it has all the plot, but I'm going to say none of the flavor. It, <laughs> you know what? I, that's fair. Like you said, there's a lot. Like every single line, you could be like, but, and also, well, actually, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is, that is the plot. Cause there is a plot in this book. It takes a minute to get there. It takes a minute. But that is, that is a very good, succinct wrap up of what happens in this book oh yeah there was a lot of stuff i had because like the whole stuff with the legend and the other woman mm-hmm. and then even big's <laughs> bipolar disorder doesn't really impact the plot actually right and the, the baby mama her mom the baby mama the the multiple times she catches him with other women the fact that they're like stealing cars oh, on the shopping trips the trip to um the uh, gucci new purse. orleans the gucci purse the strawberry. Oh God! We'll there get to is that. a lot, but we that's the that. plot. That's what. That happens. is the plot. That's what happens in this book. Now, one thing I want to say, and it, it, for once, Daniel, you'll be proud of me. It dovetails all the conversation we were just having. <laughs> when I finish this, I, I, we talk a lot back and forth about the books that we're reading, and I sent you a message. I said, "Are you done yet?" You said, "No." I said, "Well, this book really reminds me of the wedding date." <laughs> And I saw that you tweeted that later. And it just, like, out of everything that we read, like, even all the Urban Lit, this book, out of everything, has reminded me so much of The Wedding Date in that the majority of it is just two people hanging out and going to restaurants and then sleeping together. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is the Urban Lit version of The Wedding wedding Date. It is, the the first part is so similar to that book. (laughs) Well, and Unique is about as smart as Alexa, so... Unique might be a little bit smarter than Alexa. Mm. Unique had her own car-boosting business. But the like, only reason they they were successful is because all their marks were dumber than they were. <laughs> but isn't reason. that a mark of intelligent of intelligence in and of itself? I feel like it's to just To surround luck. yourself by idiots <laughs> to make yourself look smarter. I feel like it's just luck. Because that's what the book opens on. It opens on her pulling this scam on a man named Rico. They steal his Lamborghini. And so, like, to do this, basically, she takes him out to, they go out to dinner. She Mm -hmm. pays off the valet to give the keys to one of her girls. And then Mm -hmm. her girls takes the car and drives away. So, there's so many ways this could fail. One, the valet only accepts $300. For, like, a Lamborghini. (laughs) No, sir. Why are you not expecting at least, like, 5K? Like, come on. Second... She keeps insisting that this man parks in Valley Park. <laughs> right. Like, at one He's point like, in the first few chapters, she's, like, rubbing on his dick, like, I'll reward, like, it'd make me so happy if you just park in Valley And ballet. he, at no point, is like, why does That's she... That's weird. Like, yeah. Why does this woman, I don't even know, 
Like, cause you know, I don't know her this well, yeah. that well. I just met her. She really, really wanted me to park in valet, and then she disappeared. And I'm completely unable to find her after my car got stolen from valet. <laughs> well, she shows back up. Well, at one point he wants to go check on his baby, and she's like, "No, no, no, stay here, stay here." Another red flag. Like, go look at your. I'd be like, "That's weird, but sure, go check on your car." When he realizes it's stolen, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, baby. Well, I'm going to go. Bye. No, you are staying here. We are calling the police. Everyone is getting a statement taken. <laughs> right. You are not going anywhere. She just looks like his coat got stolen. Right. It's like, well, you, she went to the bathroom for about an hour. And then when my car got stolen, she just disappeared. And come to think of it, her phone, this number has like 12 digits in it. <laughs> And then on her way back home, she's in the middle of LAX having this conversation with all her girls about all the scams they've been running. So she's she's been out here by pure luck. <laughs> like, she's no criminal mastermind. I choose to believe in my girl Unique. Because you know what? I know you said you didn't like Unique, but out of the out of the four um protagonists that we've had in the Urban Lit books, I've liked Unique far and above the best. Oh, I'm going to be controversial. Ooh, who do you like best? I think Winter. Winter? Ooh, why? Winter was so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Winter was terrible, and she was crazy, but you know what? She was authentic, and I believed it. <laughs> like, when when Winter said she was running them streets, and she had high-class taste, and she had these niggas out here doing her bidding, I believed it. <laughs> I do not believe the same about Unique. No, no. Unique says that she, um, the the tattoo that I was referencing. So uh, the other people in her crew are like her cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's family. Have, it's family. And they have this tattoo. Niggas ain't nothing but hoes and tricks tattooed on each of their lower backs. <laughs> and this is like an intense tattoo for someone who falls so hard for someone like immediately. So Like she's, quickly. right? Her whole thing is, like, no man can ever hold me down. Like, um, I'm independent. I'll do whatever I want. No. No. She's, like, she falls so hard for this guy. And it's, like, every decision she makes is, like, terrible because of it. Exactly. And that was another thing. I thought that would be a bigger conflict. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought her wanting to be independent and be her own person would be a bigger, like, thing in the story like he'd want her to do something and she'd be like no I'm gonna keep doing my keep doing my criminal ring with my girls mm-hmm. and it isn't mm-hmm. she's like yeah okay we're getting married I should stop that yeah yeah she's like out of the game immediately and she's like I'm wiped up mm-hmm. so that's unique unique has and I thought this was interesting like I could see an attempt to be not awful like especially <laughs> after <laughs> yes, espe- right especially after um, addicted, which you know, I went back recently and listened to those episodes, and I was like, it was fun at first, and then we got like into like some of the problematic stuff in the yeah. book, and I was mm-hmm. like, then it was not so much fun. This it has its moments where you're like, okay, but you can see like a real effort to not be an awful, terrible person. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you coined the the phrase um, "make love, man." <laughs> Right. Yes. I if do. there's if there's a spectrum, <laughs> and a one is it and is a fuck boy who who we put 
put there? Who will we put on the fuck boy? Who's going to be our poster boy for fuck boy? Because Rashid. Oh, or Tone. Even from other books. I kind of uh, want like Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe. Okay. Like a fuck boy can be gen- is gender neutral, right? It's gender neutral. Okay, so Zoe is our quintessential fuck boy. <laughs> And let's say who's the who's the alien in the book that we read? <laughs> oh, Hayden. Hayden. If the blue barbarian aliens are the make love, um, make love men, and that's the spectrum. Big would be right in the center. <laughs> yeah, I would see that. Mm-hmm. Right, because he he threatens to kill Zoe at one point, multiple times, multiple times. But she says that's cool because he just playing. <laughs> But then the second he sees Zoe, he falls for her and is so immediately, like, 100% devoted to her. Like, to the best of his capacity, he is like, I am a completely reformed gentleman. I am going to love Zoe forever. Like, there are all these other women coming around him. And he's like, be gone, thought. Like, don't get me wrong. He is still extremely misogynistic. Thought is a little too, like, you got to say chicken head. This is the early aughts, remember? <laughs> He's like begone chicken head. <laughs> and but the second he meets her, he is like, he's like, literally, I'm gonna hold you down. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to, you don't have to be boosting cars no more. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care of your sister. Um, it's just, it's this weird dynamic. And I wanted to, I wanted to go back because again, like you said, we can, we've got. You know, some other books that we've read, so I think we're going to compare a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Unique has this backstory with her mother, where her mother was raped um, when she was a minor. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how she becomes pregnant with Unique. Mm-hmm. And then the mother, um, uh, she wants a, an abortion, but the family doesn't believe in it. So she's forced to ha- have this child. And it, it messes her up. Like, it messes her up there are consequences to this. And I was comparing that to um, this could be yes that you play in, which has a very similar structure. Oh, yes. And, the mother was crazy. Crazy right. evil in that one. And they were saying, she says, I can't have a kid. I'm not ready. And they do the same thing. But in that book, it's like, oh, the mother's just crazy. And she's like hateful and evil. And like they never really address the fact that like something horrible happened to her. And in this book, I think, like, maybe imperfectly, maybe not in the language we would do it now, they're kind of like, oh, this is a conflict that Unique has, and she doesn't know, you know, how to react to her mother, who's done these horrible things to her, but at the same time had something bad happen to her, and they can't relate. There's some stuff about mental illness in here, too, that's kind of like... Surprisingly progressive. Yeah, that's what, yeah, exactly. Like, like I said, there, there is a real attempt in this to treat these issues with some respect and not just plot points for villains. Yeah. If that makes sense. I will say they made the tone kind of funny because, (laughs) because Big will be talking, you know, straight like street hood and then he'll talk about his bipolar disorder it's suddenly he turns into a wikipedia article right. he's like he's like oh my bipolar i'll have a manic depressive episode when the dopamine in my brain i was like sir he's like get all this dick exactly like, huh? and follow up and i was like whoa okay big contains multitudes mm-hmm. he's big he's big with two g's <laughs> that's yeah i don't know if i said that <laughs> 
So Unique, she has this backstory. Her mother was, like, in and out of, um, like, being institutionalized mm-hmm. and all these things. She wasn't able to take care of them. So um, uh, Unique and her sister ended up on the street yes. until she kind of started scamming. And like you said, um, they were living with boyfriends, including Tone, who we'll get back to. Um, Tone took me on a roller coaster ride. A whole journey. <laughs> a whole ass journey. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get back to him when he's more relevant. Yeah. But essentially, you know, they're out here living. She's trying to provide for her sister and her cousins. Um, there's a line where, like, everybody's trying to go to UMSL, University of Missouri okay, St. Louis. Okay. This is where I want to talk about. Because it comes up here. The St. Louis in this book. It's strong. It's strong, and it's, like, the wackest St. Louis, parts of St. Louis. <laughs> so, as someone who has lived in St. Louis, there are a number of places. I'm going to focus on three of them. Chesterfield, T. Billy Buffins, <laughs> and the University of Missouri St. Louis. And this is another reason why I just could not, where Unique just came off like such a poser. We are told that this clique are just, they brag about how much Rolling money they spend money. left and right, don't they? But like, they don't, they brag about it, and they're also like completely nonchalant about it. Because at one point they're like, yeah, I got like $300,000 yes! in my safe. You can yeah. have it. Yeah, That's fine. She's just giving away $100,000. They spend tens of thousands of dollars on money. Yet the head of the whole ringleader is living in a house in Chesterfield that costs like, what, five hundred k, And it's dropped. It's dropped like, look at this dude. Look at this man's mansion. It's like if she had said he drove a Volvo with the same sort of gravitas as she would have like a Mercedes or something. Like if you don't, I want I want to point out that's that's kind of similar to the wedding date when what's his name drives up in the um the red what was oh the BMW yes the and red she keeps BMW going on and on about this and she's this like you car. nasty uh, highfalutin uppity son of a bitch it's like it's just a BMW man he's a, a surgeon he can it's afford. just a five hundred thousand dollar house I mean that's a lot of money I can't afford that but like that's it's not. not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> yeah. I think the one thing that's fun about these books is like, it is kind of the wealth and the extravagance. And mm-hmm. so Chesterfield, if you don't know what Chesterfield, Missouri is, just think suburbs plus white flight. It's just mm-hmm. like your dentist may live there. Your, <laughs> your, your pediatrician, like it's not that hard to live in Chesterfield. <laughs> and then T. Billy Buffett's is a hotel, not a hotel, a club where a lot of the characters go to like relax and chill. It's in a strip mall. There is a McDonald's to the left and a Dollar Tree on the right. Also, it's an over forty club. Like I asked my sister, "What do you think <laughs> of?" I asked my sister, "What do you think of when I say T. Billy Buffett?" And she says, "Old People Club." So, so I was confused why they were there to begin with. And then the University of Missouri St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Is I am not knocking the University of Missouri St. Louis. Clearly, we are products. Of the, of the university system. Of the Missouri system. But you are not bragging about going to the University of Missouri St. Louis. You're not going, if you have money to burn, it's not going to be your first choice. Yeah. There and are they, other they more prestigious options. Yeah. Again, looking at all their books, this is like when they went, I think they went to Cheesecake Factory in two different <laughs> books. <laughs> 
So that's where I had the disconnect. Like you got all this money and you're balling, yet you're bragging about your man's $500,000 house in the suburbs. Unique mm-hmm. talks about her loft with its $2,500 rent, which is high for St. Louis, not high but, for other places. Right. <laughs> I didn't, that didn't even register to me as it was being high. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not impressed, Unique. You, you kind of sound like a poser. You phony, Unique. They should have their own private clubhouse. Because like yeah. that, that's what should have been. They should have had their own clubhouse so they could talk about their crimes. But then she couldn't go stun on them bitches. Nobody would see her. I just, I had to get that off my chest. It was like, I think I called it beer taste on a champagne budget. <laughs> It's true. But you know what? That's always what you see when you, whenever you watch these shows, like we watched The Irishman lately, and it's like whenever you see these gangster shows and they're like spending money left and right, and you're like, oh, should you be doing that? They were living under the radar. I, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. The FBI was like, oh, big entertainment is doing pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. <laughs> A solid middle class income. Oh my God. Uh, I'm actually really sad that Cheesecake Factory did not show up. I guess there wasn't a Cheesecake Factory in St. Louis in 2002. Oh, interesting. I think that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> or else I would have been there. So that that is unique. Um, she, at her core, she, she has this kind of, this conflicting personality where she wants to be gangsta, but really she's a housewife. She, oh, she, there were multiple times in the book where she said, like, where she says someone's being rude. (laughs) Like, like wanting to, I got a quote, wanting to smack the holy shit out of him for being so rude, but holding her tongue, Unique tried to reason with him. Like, that happens multiple times. And in another point, she tells someone to watch their blood pressure. (laughs) So she's, she's an enigma, Unique. She is. She has a lot. She has a lot going on. Um, we talked a little bit about her sister, Patience, who is just a sweet girl, going to school, not assuming, doesn't really come back into the plot until the end. And Tone, who... <laughs> Boy, he's a whole discussion. It's a whole discussion, but we meet him. He's just sitting on the couch with his pants unzipped. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, she goes back. Um, they go to the club. And um, they are like a modern day or a 2002 Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> they um, are introduced to Big, who is freshly out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he went to prison for, actually. I thought it was something drug related. Something drug related. Because he was um, a big dealer for Caesar. Mm-hmm. And then Caesar sort of took his role when he got locked up. And I thought Caesar was going to play more of a role. <laughs> But he was just kind of there. So he's there. He basically is there. I don't know what you call it. Like a fence. He sells the cars that they bring back. He tells them to go get the car. I don't know how he finds these marks. He's just like any idiot with like an expensive car. I don't I don't know how he gets that. But basically he sends the girls out. Well, and then he's he in Chesterfield. Of... He just looks down the street. <laughs> but how did he... Because it starts off in Los Angeles. That's true. So how did he find this random dummy that's... in Los Ooh, Angeles? That's a very good car? point. 
however that happened, he's basically like helping them move the cars. They're working for him. I thought there was going to be some conflict where he didn't want them to get out of the game or he was going to have something with uh, Big. But he is just like genuinely happy for everybody. <laughs> he's just like when Unique leaves the game, he's like, that's a, you know, I'm going to miss you. Um, but that's the right decision for you. And I loved, I love Big and I love you. And I really just, I really just hope that you two make it. I was like, huh? He's like the HR office. He's just like, you know, we're going to offboard you. I'm going to train Kiara and KK to take your role. Right? He's like, what do you think about this? This person is your replacement. That's a very good, that's a good position. I'm going to take your word on that. You know, there's always opportunities for growth for you here if you ever want to return. But I understand you're leaving to raise your children. Exactly. Um, and so they go to this club. It's uh, his party, Chris's party, for Big because he's uh, out of jail. And it's like when they look at each other across the room, it's like instantly. Yeah. At least for Big, instantly for Big, he I is in both. love. Yeah. Yeah. She she kind of plays. Um, she tries uh, to play hard to get. Yeah, but it, that lasts for like an afternoon. <laughs> Which is, considering she has niggas ain't nothing but hoes and tricks tattooed on her back. On her back with all of her cousins. Like, that is a commitment. I thought it'd be a bigger fight, but it's fine. Nope. Nope. Um, so they meet each other, and it's, like, instantly they're in love. And Caesar, being the um, romance book ro- reader <laughs> of the bunch, he's like, hey, I have a job for you guys in New Orleans. Uh, Big has to come with you. And now that I'm saying this, this is another completely lost plot point. (laughs) Big has to come with you for reasons. Um, And I set you up in a hotel. You guys are just going to go down there. And Unique is not quite feeling it, but she's like, I don't know, Big, he's kind of attractive. Like, it's fine. Yes. Um, They go down to New Orleans and Big immediately, like, starts acting like, there's several points where she says, like, Big wants to express his emotions, but he's gangsta, so he doesn't. <laughs> and that's almost a word-for-word quote of the prose. <laughs> like, he wasn't going out like that. He was too gangsta. But I want to say, Big is, like, one of... Big, by far, is the most emotional um, hero of the urban lit books we've read. I think so. And outside of maybe the hog farmer, Jake... <laughs> Probably one of the most emotional um, male protagonists we've read. Because he just, he just falls so hard for Unique. Like, she's looking at a purse in, um, what is it, they're at Gucci or something? Mm-hmm. And she's looking at her purse and some shoes. And she's like, I don't know which one I should get. I only have money for one. And, da, 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 da. and so she leaves and then um, he, like, tells her, go down the street. And she goes down the street. And then he runs back and buys the purse and has them wrap it up. And he presents it to her. And she's like, oh, big, I love you. And he's like, I just couldn't stand to see you heartbroken <laughs> over it. And it's, like, over and over and over and over again with Big, who's supposed to be gangsta and not care about these bitches. But he's, like, anytime, except for, like, one time, when Unique is very sad, he's like, I just cannot stand to see you like that. I'm always going to hold you down. Um, it's funny because I was too distracted in that scene by the fact that she, when she can't afford to get the purse, she full on pouts. She like crosses her <laughs> arms and apparently it describes her walking dejectedly. I pictured that gag from Arrested Development where I everyone started walking like Charlie Brown. <laughs> 
And I'm like, is she a badass gangster or not? Either come She's back and not. get it or just boost it. Right? Right? Like, I was so confused. And then did we talk about the meeting with the dealer or we not gotten there yet? Because oh, that we was haven't gotten there scene. yet. But I love that they get to the they get to this extremely nice um, hotel in New Orleans. And I know so what you're gonna say. They so they get there and um, first of all they say, Well, you're late. So we gave away your reservation. And it's like that's not how hotels work. Like they're like two hours late for check-in and they gave away their reservation. Exactly, yes. And then when they get up to the room, ba ba ba, there's only one bed. <laughs> And it's like, when I read that, I was like, um, she reads romance novels. Because there are a lot of, like, romance tropes in this book mm-hmm. that I've learned from you reading. <laughs> How do we read all this romance? But there are a lot of straight-up romance tropes in this book. And when they get there, there's only one bed. I was like, I wonder how that's going to turn out. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you feel about this being, like, more in line with some of the romance that we've read I think it added some structure. So we know this is about relationships. So I appreciate that she was sort of adding that in and that it mm. wasn't as straight up just like gangsters and hoes and all that other stuff that's some of the other craziness that we've read. I mean, Jason wasn't that bad. I mean, I don't know. I think Oh, Jason had Jason had some issues. He did Jason have some issues. didn't want to look up from the news. <laughs> but I think it was when you say like it was there were a lot of tropes and it felt like a romance novel to the point that it has like an HEA that it tries mm-hmm. to lie about at first <laughs> um a happily ever after and so like it's kind of like this which is a little bit different than some of the other fiction we read because a lot of the other ones they have to work a lot harder like the men are not as ride or die for the women so I did appreciate mm-hmm. that I just could not I was so mad at Unique and I just could not get down with <laughs> Unique and I just kept thinking about how whack she was compared to Winter <laughs> That, like, I was kind of turned off by the whole relationship. Because I'm like, well, who cares? She's still opposed. Like, I don't know. I didn't like this book. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Because we can disagree. I know. So, but I think you're right. It does have a lot of romantic tropes. The sharing the one bed. The fights they have multiple times. You know, the conflict that arises between them. The coming back. There's a lot of conflict that comes between them. But they still sort of have their moment. And they have a happily ever after and there's never really any doubt as to whether or not they're mm. going to end up together. Well, I mean, maybe you, a little bit. If you replaced um, shopping at Gucci <laughs> and Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom for eating um, tacos, tacos, this would the first half of this book would be the wedding day. It really would be. <laughs> it really would be. And I would actually say this has a better plot. Like, at least yeah. something happens. There's a conflict. Yes. That's the wedding date throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real conflict. And I got the sense kind of, like, that there were actual black people in this That's book. also true. <laughs> so. I just, like, going through and seeing some of my highlights. Big was the kind of nigga that she wanted to go half on a baby with. Get <laughs> the robbers. Talk about the <laughs> go for it. Well, because... Reading this book, so you and I have both taken writing classes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just kept reading this book as a writer. I couldn't really get into it. It was more like a case study mm-hmm. because, for what, like, for the reason I said, I couldn't get into. I was very aware I was reading a piece of fiction. I didn't believe mm-hmm. Unique. 
the St. Louis stuff was just too poor. I was like, I can't get into this book. So I read it as like a case study. And the slang was, at times it was too much. One, it yeah. dated the book. It dates the book so badly. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the questions they ask you, They or one of the questions they pose in a writing class. When you add slang, that's a danger. Like it's going to fall out of use. It's going to date your book. The other, it kind of made everyone sound the same. Because even mm-hmm. Legend, who was an FBI agent, he would be on the job talking to, not FBI, but a federal agent. Mm-hmm. He would be on the job talking to other, like, agents. And he'd be like, no, that motherfucking nigga. And I'm like, why is he talking like that? I was like, sorry, you're in the office. Exactly. You are surrounded by white people exactly. right now. Why are you talking like that? It was so... <laughs> The slang got a bit much at times. And then there were, it didn't have, there was only one, and I can't remember what it was, where I didn't know what she was talking about. It was something describing a crime. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I especially agree with your second point, um, that, yeah, they did, especially the male characters. Mm -hmm. And you know what, even her cousins, like, eventually kind of started to sound the same. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm not as mad at at the slang. Like, I've heard that, too. Like, don't put slang in. But it's kind of like, like, shouldn't a book be of its time? Like, you know, if a book is written in a certain time, like, shouldn't it capture that feeling? And I think we both said, like, this book put us right back into 2002 Missouri. And it's like, other books struggle to transport you to a setting. This book did that. Yeah. Very well, I think. I guess for me, just there's a point where it's too much slang to the point where it doesn't even sound like a realistic like. And I think that's fair. Yeah, like it just sounds like "Hey, fellow kids." <laughs> exactly. I think that's absolutely fair. Like this whole conversations and every other word is "nigga" or "motherfucker" or "chicken head." That's fair. She does say, "What is that about her butt?" Let me find this. Oh my! Gosh. Oh my god! Where did it go? I had it pulled up. <laughs> her, her how butt. many times did we did get descriptions of what people looked like or what they were wearing and you know what that was my refrain all last year <laughs> i don't know what these people look like i had a very good sense <laughs> of what the people in this book look like what they were wearing what they wanted and why i started <laughs> skipping it i was like listen if i have to read about one more stl baseball cap i'm gonna leave it <laughs> so many colors the all black one, the tan one. Exactly. Just different colors of Cardinals hats. I was like, I can't. I and loved it. <laughs> I was like, take all those words you're spending, you're wasting writing this and develop this murder mystery you got <laughs> in the 20% of the book. That Build is that fair. Because that's the interesting thing. And that was a little bit rushed. It was, yes. Um, so back in Louisiana... Um, they go to commit crimes. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. And they go to this guy's house. I don't know if he's an old white man. I don't know quite who he is. I kind of pictured him as like an older, like Italian or Puerto Rican or something like, man with a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, old man, something. I couldn't quite get a get a read on him, but he's got like a really nice house. Big tells her, "Don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything." Mm-hmm. And you kind of, it kind of sets it up like she's going to go in, she's going to get the deal and be like so dazzling that Big's going to be like, wow, this is a real bad bitch. Like, I love this girl. <laughs> not quite how it That happens. is not what happens at all. So they go in and um, he's, the old guy's like really perving on her and 
Um, they sit down, they have some wine, and they start talking in code. Very and it's a, obvious. An extremely obvious code. He's like, how many widgets do you want me to buy? How many MacGuffins would you like to order? What type of candy do you like? Oh, we're, we're excellent at moving candy. Unique gets irrationally angry. Unique gets as angry as my baby gets when he wakes up and there's an immediately a bottle in his face. Unique gets so mad. She starts cussing everybody out. She's like, I thought we were here to talk about business. You are wasting my time. Read it. Read it. Okay. Look, I don't mean to be rude or nothing, but I went to the mall yesterday. Can we discuss this in layman's terms? My man Caesar wanted us to come down here and set something up with you. And frankly, I don't have time to beat around the bush. So can we please get to the point? That's exactly what she says. She mad. Probably with more attitude. Probably with more attitude. Um, and they both, I picture them both staring at her, like, slack-jawed. Like, did this book Right, happen? right, right. <laughs> so the other guy gets extremely offended. Big, I think he grabs her, this is the first time he grabs her by the neck. <laughs> I think he grabs her by the arm, he drags her out. He's like, you need to go wait in the car. And you know what, I would have done the same, because that is a rookie-ass move. <laughs> Right? Like a child. She goes out to sit in the car. She still doesn't know what's going on. She's so dumb. She is so dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? At this point, I would be cutting her out. But she's sitting here preening because she's like, because it's part of his little chewing out. He's like, go take your pretty ass out to car or something like that. And she's like, she's like, he, he did call pretty. me pretty. And it's like, <laughs> dummy, you're getting, you are getting edged out of whatever's happening right now. Right? You made a fool of yourself. You look dumb. You're a liability. And you're sitting here preening because they called you pretty. Like, right? I, this is why I could not, I'm sorry. I could not respect Unique as a character. If you're going to tell me this character is a criminal, she's the baddest chick, blah, blah, blah. She needs to act like it. She doesn't. She doesn't act like it at all. Mm-mm. I do like that the connect <laughs> is this your friend. <laughs> it's just so disrespectful. Um... And so, you know, I, I thought this would amount to more, but it's kind of like it this never really, comes back. Mm-mm. It is the first of many fights that Big and Unique have. Many fights. Um, but they go back to the hotel room. I would like to point out, so they go to the hotel room a couple points, because this is where it, it's more important, their trip to Louisiana. Uh-huh. Um, they go before they meet the connect and they go after. When they go before and they see there's just one bed, one bathroom, Big is like, all right. And he takes his clothes off. She keeps describing him as bopping around the room. With his dick out. So I'm just picturing like dick a out. penis just bopping. Like his- right? It's like bopping is the operative word there. I think bopping, I think like people like playing in the mirror, like singing along in the car. Bouncing around. Bouncing around. So happy. And I really think, I don't think that was a mistake, the word that she, I think he really was bopping around the room. Like, look at my dick. (laughs) I know I'm cute. (laughs) Like he was walking around the room like, I know I am cute. And Unique at first was not feeling it. She was like, okay, I mean, there's a dick. Sure. It isn't until they come back that she has the purse and everything that they really go at it. Oh, that's, it's so gross. <laughs> it is not as gross as um, Addicted. Could, oh, I was going to say, this could be us that you play in. Or this yeah. could be us that you play in. It's close. And I can't really remember much about um, 
uh, Coldest Winter ever didn't have a lot of sex. Yeah. Like, not graphically and it described wasn't on the as page. problematic as some of the worst scenes of the wedding date. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, yeah. when she's crying and saying, I don't want this. Yeah. Like, all the sex is, well, all the sex that they show and is supposed to be you know, what you want and good and they're enjoying themselves, the characters seem to be in that vein. Like, there wasn't really a point where it got, like, weirdly rapey or one of the characters was upset until there's, like, a scene later where they actually call it rape, where they say, this is rape. And the characters, like, act that way. I was gonna say, there is a scene with Zoe in Legend where she's, like, legitimately mad at him and he kind of, like, pushes her on the bed and he's like, you can't stay mad at me, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Because I wasn't feeling that whole story at all. I didn't care about Zoe. I really didn't care about Legend. I was like, stop making me read about this, this <laughs> dumb woman and this man who's scamming her. I don't care. <laughs> I did kind of, I kind of blocked out a lot of what oh. that we skipped over. <laughs> but like, the sex was just really gross. It was written like how a man would view sex. It, it wasn't written like how, a, like, I don't know. And you know, I know... Clearly, I've read sex in books and like this just like grossed me out. And I was like, I don't want to read this. And I started skipping the sex scenes. They were they were a little samey. I wasn't I wasn't as put off by them as I was by the other books. Even the strawberry. Okay, the strawberry is different. (laughs) And we'll get to the strawberry because the strawberry I was disgusted. But we'll get there. Because, like, there's a whole, it sounds, everything just sounded really porny from the, the dirty talk to what yeah. they were doing. I'm like, this just sounds like I'm reading a porn scene. And, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so they have sex. Um, at one, And they're, this is when it gets into the wedding date territory. Because for a lot of the first part of this book, nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, they're meeting up. They're having sex. They're mm-hmm. going out. At one point, um, Alicia Big Keys says, gives him a shout out. <laughs> Alicia Keys gives him a shout out. At one point, Big says, "Maybe let's run up to the Blockbuster. I want to rent some movies." <laughs> <laughs> like they are hanging out, but things, you know, are not totally right in their world. Um, we've hinted a little bit at uh, Nasheed, yes. who is one of Big's friends. So Big gets out. He starts dealing again. He starts up big entertainment again. He sets up St. Louis's finest, mm-hmm. which I found even in my head hard to say. Um, you, yeah, the possessive apostrophe on St. Louis. Yeah. It's not catchy. Yeah. So I just kept saying three, six mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought St. Lunatics. Like, it's just Nelly. It's just Nelly. It's Nelly enough. Um, and he, he's doing really well <laughs> to the point that like, um, the FBI is really, really, really wants to bring him in or the mm-hmm. federal, who is it? Is it the FBI? They don't say, they just say federal agent. Federal so agent. So is it the FBI? Is it the tobacco, whatever that alcohol, <laughs> tobacco, who knows? Because at first they want to get him for drug charges. Cause they're like, uh-huh. look, we know he used dirty money to just- start. Uh-huh. This record label, we just need evidence and proof that he still has ties to the drug game. Right. So, like, I actually legitimately have, because I was going to put FBI in our synopsis, and I was like, well, I don't know. Actually. I, like, I, don't, I don't actually know if this is the FBI. Whoever it is, the head of this this task force, <laughs> for real, for real, wants big in jail. Oh, 
any means necessary. Any any means necessary. Entrapment, fraud, <laughs> pitting murders on him. Does not care. Like, I don't know what this guy had out for Big, but he wanted to see Big in jail more than he wanted to see tomorrow. <laughs> it was just... So he he enlists the help of Nasheed, who's one of Big's, like, boys, like, one of his friends from back in the day. I think he's, who, like, one of his rappers, right? Is like, he? They're in the record booth, and Nasheed shows up with his boys, and he's oh. literally high. They're like, dude, where have you been? We had a he's session an hour on, ago. He's high on eggs, like, at one o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> and it's like, it is too early for club drugs. <laughs> Um, so they catch him with, like, an obscene amount of cocaine, and they say, you can either go to jail forever. Wait a minute. They didn't Uh just catch him. He tried to sell it to an undercover (laughs) officer. (laughs) Nasheed is dumb. He's not. Like, everyone in this book, this is the dumbest crime ring I've ever read about. (laughs) But they keep failing up. I don't know how it happens. Because at one point they say they get a fifty million dollar contract. Yeah, like fifty million dollars. Like they get acquired for fifty million dollars. And Unique's first thing that she does after this happens is go to steal a thousand dollar pair of pants from Nordstrom's sales rack. I'm like, that's a whole thing because I don't know how that scam even works. Just switching some price tags. Just switching some price tags. I wanted someone to call her bluff. So basically, she switches a cheaper price tag on a more expensive item. So she like grabs like a $50 <laughs> price tag for a pair of like $1,100 pants. And then she takes it up to the register. <laughs> and then when it rings up as 50, the sales associate is all confused. She's like, well, you going to sell it to me or not? I would have been like, ma'am, these pants are clearly not $50. But you know what, Danielle? I swear to you, right before we started recording, I was on Twitter and this guy was saying that he went to the Target <laughs> and he, um, found a an electric toothbrush that was incorrectly priced at one cent and he took it up and the the checkout person the cashier said oh i don't think i could sell you this for one cent and he called the cops on her and said he was shaking (gasps) so apparently this is something that happens I'm shaking. He tweeted her picture and everything. It's Wait, like was he the Target the- employee or was he the customer? He was the customer. <laughs> and he called the police on the cashier. Was the cashier black? I don't think she was. Okay. I don't, I don't think she was. Either way, like, don't do work. Listen. That, oh. So, big entertainment is doing well. Nasheed, one of his rappers, has kind of turned on him and he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Another one of his new friends, <laughs> Legend, is actually a federal agent. Can I say, this <laughs> yeah. was revealed so poorly that I thought it was a typo. <laughs> I thought they just put the wrong name. Because <laughs> it's like... We hear, so we follow Legend, we meet Legend, he's hanging out with Zoe, blah, 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 and then we suddenly shift to the scene with Nasheed in the, like, interrogation room with, like, another federal agent, and all of a sudden, Legend just pops up, and he's still talking like Legend on the street, so I'm like, wait, is this another informant? What the fuck is going on? 
But yeah, I like I wrote it down. I'm like, is this a typo or is this? A, I think I have it. Can I read it? Let me see. <laughs> read it. <laughs> Let me see. It's in my uh, Kindle notes. I think it's on page two. I love that Kindle notes feature, man. Like otherwise. <laughs> it is extremely helpful. Uh, if I have to read about one more person's outfit. <laughs> oh, here we go. It just like all of a sudden we're there. And like we're talking, and Legend's not even a part of the conversation. It's a dialogue tag that's the reveal. You better calm down, nigga. Didn't nobody tell your dumbass to sell 20 kilos of cocaine to an undercover cop? I will arrest Big when it's time and not a minute earlier, Legend declared, unsure of what his next move will be. And that's how it's revealed to us. <laughs> there, there are a lot of times like that where they move forward in time or they switch scenes. And mm-hmm. there's like not even there's like no break. a paragraph break. Yeah. Yeah, so yes, that did, I had noticed that and it confused me. Can we talk about Zoe and Legend's relationship and how I just did not care? Let's talk about Zoe and Legend. So for a lot of the book, like we said, (laughs) and we might be skipping forward, but like it's just big and unique hanging out. Yeah. It's just them hanging out. And then all of a sudden, Zoe comes up. I know you didn't play (laughs) Grand Theft Auto (laughs) Five, But the transition... You've seen it. So it's like, in this game, you play as three different people, and you Mm -hmm. can kind of switch between them. And if you switch between them, the camera zooms out, and then it zooms into the other person. And then the person you were just continues living their lives. You drop into the middle of what the other person is doing. That's what happened. It zoomed out from Unique, (laughs) and it zoomed into the Zoe show already in progress. Yes! I kept waiting for, I thought it was, like we said, I thought it was just setting up a sequel. We get the full, the we full the story. full arc. Like she walks in, Zoe and um, Unique walk into the the recording booth. They're like, a guy was tailing us. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, Nasheed is here on X in the middle of the day. And then Zoe's like, hey, big. Who's who's that guy over in the corner? He's cute. I'm going to give him my number. He's really fine. I really like him. And Big is like, yeah, I like him too. I think you would be good together. Go forth. And then (laughs) they just start sleeping together. And it's like, well, what what happened to the others? To the point where we ignore Unique and Big for a few chapters. And it's the Zoe show, as you said. It is the Zoe show. And Zoe is even... Like, even more of a dummy than unique. She also drops the no love creed just as quickly. Like, was anyone committed to this lifestyle? No, nobody but uh, who's the one at the end who shoots? Kiara. Kiara. Kiara was old. The second they see an attractive man, they're like, ooh. They're like, it's done. It's done. So, legend... Before you really know that he is this federal agent, you kind of get the sense that he's just cheating, that he has like a girlfriend or something because he won't call her or he like, you know, only sees her like at 2 a.m. on like a Tuesday. When he's ready for sex. When he's ready for sex. They have the sex scene that really got to me in this book. So he comes over let me see if I can find it. You can, you can, um, and I think the thing for me was, it was just so, again, it was, we're told one thing and shown another. So again, Zoe's supposed to be like unique. She's this badass chick. She, the second he played her, she shouldn't have given a fuck. Mm-hmm. He should have been the one like, 
oh, what, this woman is, that's what it should have been. She was, like, nervous and insecure and, like, why doesn't he call me from jump? From and we're jump. told so much about how they have a whole creed, like, don't catch feelings. Like, it's, like, one of the things that's, like, kind of pounded in in the beginning chapter. It's tattooed on their backs. <laughs> they got a tramp stamp. They got a tramp and stamp, the what they're second- saying. This man doesn't return a phone call. Right. She's like crying and nervous and agonizing over the phone. And I'm like, are you? She's just laying in bed, like sobbing. Exactly. Like, oh my God. That's, and like, I kept thinking about winter and I didn't want to, but I was like, you know what? Winter was a hot mess, but, but she was, the author set her up as this badass, cold hearted chick and she acted like it. She stole money from an old lady. <laughs> like, I believe Winter was uh, no love, no feeling, except for Midnight, but at least they set that up. Like, mm-hmm. she did. She still wasn't agonizing in bed over him. She still thought he was a fool, mm-hmm. but she he was a fool that she wanted, she wanted him to pay attention to her. Mm-hmm. These two, they're like 12-year-olds who got their first crush. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> They were in their feelings. Like it was, it was nonstop. Um, and, but then again, it falls into kind of the same, like he doesn't call her. It's so weird. Cause on multiple occasions, she's like calling him. Do you want to hang out? And he's like, no. And then he just <laughs> happens to be driving by. And then they like, I'm Lucas and Hunt. <laughs> Then he picks her up from the gas station, they go home, they have sex. And then she's like, do you want to get dinner? And he's like, no. (laughs) But the amount of times he says, no, I'm busy. And then like, he immediately shows up. I was confused. And it's, 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 and I'm like, why is she putting up with this? I don't want to read. She's not acting the way you set her up to be. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. all dumb. They are. But getting back, getting back to one of their nebulous sex scenes where it's hard to tell when they start. What's that? I was trying to delay it. <laughs> so they show up. They bring some food into the bedroom. And Legend gets like one of those clam, those plastic clam shells of strawberries. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you think he cut the tops off the strawberries first? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if they washed them, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> So he brings some strawberries in. She says, look, we can do this, but don't mess up my hair. (laughs) And he says, fine. He takes some strawberries and he starts like just mushing them up all the juice, like all over her boobs. And I think my note was, sounds a little sticky. That I couldn't get the word sticky out of my head. (laughs) I was like, you have to take a shower immediately. Right. Like there's a lot of, it's a lot of sexy food. Go back and listen to the wedding date. And um, what was it? Classy Brown gets some ideas. Why is it I forget like what day of the week it is, but I can remember a filthy conversation we had eight months ago. <laughs> um, so he takes the strawberries. He's like squeezing them and rubbing it all over her. And then he takes one and he sticks it inside of her. Whoa, wait, what? Is yes, that what happened? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I thought he took one and he squeezed it over her mm -mm. and let the juice run down like her privates. I did not get to the point. I mean, he may have and I blocked it. You know what? I don't want to know. I'm just going to say you're right. Did he? Now I have to go back. No, we don't. 
we don't. I don't want to know the truth. Mm. I if you I don't see you making that up. Like that's not a thing. I feel like would just come no, to you. You know what? I think it's right. I think you're I right think too, you're and right. I don't want to. I don't want to verify. It. I'm just going to take your word. It's ambiguous. He gets strawberry on her and then eats it off. Yes. And I was like, again, sticky. <laughs> <laughs> also, strawberries aren't like oranges. They don't really have a lot of juice, so you just have like a bruised strawberry. And it's just like you know, everyone thinks, oh, chocolate covered strawberries, fun. Yeah, to eat. At a table. And then you leave the table and you go do your whatever you want and have fun. But leave the food and the strawberries at the table. You know what? I'm I'm looking I'm looking very deeply at this at this paragraph. I'm not gonna read it, but I think you were right. Pull down her jeans, ready to taste the kitty, snatched off her pink thong, threw it across the room, grabbed two more strawberries, pushed her legs back. It it's it was unclear to me. And it was unnecessary. Whatever it was, we didn't need it. I want to read you a sentence I think takes place afterwards where Mm -hmm. Zoe is bragging to Unique about how... Oh, no, no, no. Here it is. Yeah, he does. He does. Paying her no mind, legend. I knew I wasn't crazy. (laughs) You got me over here thinking I'm I'm the freak. But no, legend (laughs) is the freak. Paying her no mind, legend parted her legs even wider. He grabbed the other strawberry and inserted it inside her pussy. Repeatedly, uh, he sucked the strawberry in and out, causing enough friction to make her come. And I'm just saying. Infection. So, infection. As someone who had a baby, like, you know, the female body, it's strong. It's so strong. That strawberry would be jam. That strawberry <laughs> would be, like, destroyed. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining, like, having a strawberry... Like, even in your hand, like, squeezing a strawberry, that strawberry would be everywhere, and it would be there for weeks. You can't get jelly off your hands. (laughs) Just use your fingers. Just, like, you know, you could get... I was was really reading that. I was like, okay, he just put the juice on her, Molly. Like, you need to relax. Like, I don't know what's going on with you lately. That's what I thought. I guess I blocked it. But nope, I got it here highlighted (laughs) because I said, I put, oh, yeah, just just a sad face. And now I can't stop wondering if the leaves were on it. Thank you, Molly. (laughs) Did he did he wash those strawberries? I don't think he did. She's gonna have some kind of dirt infection. She's gonna get some kind of foodborne allergy or foodborne disease in her coochie. Think of the last time you made. Because we both like preserves. I like strawberry preserves. Think of the last time you made a a peanut butter and strawberry preserve sandwich. Think about how the jelly got on the counter. sandwiches for me. (laughs) And you you know, a week later, you go and you're like, what is that? Oh, there's something on the counter. Oh, it's a tiny bit of strawberry preserve from when I had a peanut butter jelly sandwich 13 weeks ago. You cannot get jelly off. Those sugars, you're going to get a yeast infection. You're gonna get a ye- it's going to be it's gonna be nasty, girl. Oh. Protect yourself. Oh, just use your fingers. He could have just used his fingers. I mean, he was already... And you know what? A lot of dudes... There's a lot of cunnilingus in this book. There are. There is I a thought. lot of cunnilingus in this book. Like, they are constantly going down on these women. And 
I was kind of surprised by it because I was right? like, oh, I guess these are some, and this was the early aughts before right? it's like the renaissance. <laughs> Even though Big keeps saying, I'm a gangsta, I can't. Like, he has no problem going down, like, Mm-mm. And even Legend, he says several times, like, you know, um, Zoe is, like, revved up and ready to go. And he's like, no, baby, I respect you too much. I think even after the scene, even after he eats a strawberry out out of her. <laughs> he still doesn't penetrate, I don't think. He's like, that is a little too intimate for me right now. And I yeah. really just want to go a little bit slower with you because I respect you. <laughs> He says, I will not only, he says, I want to, uh, let's see, look, I'm feeling you, but I need to know, I need to get to know you better before I take it there with you. This is literally after the strawberry scene. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what's in your heart, Zoe. What makes you smile? What makes you cry? What ticks you off? As well, what, as well, as well as what turns you on. That confused me because there's that question mark there. I want to be your best friend as well as your lover so that when we do take it to the next level, I will be making, I will not only be making love to your body, but to your mind as well. Let me just take care of you tonight. And then he ignores her for like two weeks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like, like they're, they're very much like, I want to be intimate with you, girl. I'll just eat this strawberry. I was like, what is happening in this book? It, it was so wild. And then, like, I'm sorry. I can't get past that. I didn't realize that's what happened. I'm just learning this now. I thought he just squished the strawberry over her, like, junk and then had sex with her. I didn't realize the strawberry went in. And I'm still trying to digest that. Um, right. I had questions. <laughs> not as bad as nacho te- cheese dick because the burns. You're in a movie theater. <laughs> What's happening? He just, he wanted to eat that. But I, this, I still had questions. This, all this food on genitals. And I'm like, why? No, you're, you keep picking the wrong foods. I have no <laughs> thoughts. I can't, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, I wanted to read a sentence Go that Zoe is still playing. Like she has this man like wrapped around her finger at one point, she does kind of break down to Unique, and she's like, I don't know what's happening, girl. He never returns my phone call. And so we get this sentence where she's like, it's the next day. They've booed up. She's got, you know, she got some good strawberry sex. <laughs> she and Unique are at Uncle Bill's having breakfast. And I remember thinking, if you don't know Uncle Bill's is a restaurant, you would have no idea it's a restaurant. I did it. I was like, I was like, I was like, did someone think a new character was just introduced? Like, whose Uncle Bill is this? But um, she's like, girl, please, as you can see, I already got this nigger stuck. Shit, after you got a taste of this pussy, I won't be able to get that nigger off my back. But on another note, I'm officially an umso college student. <laughs> she is so ready to get out the game. She's like, I'm done, girl. This I'm at umso. I'm taking 15 credits. That graphic design program. But she's, and I was just like, I think I wrote in all caps, what? You do not end a scene where a man pours strawberry juice on a woman's genitals and has sex with her and then turn around and be like, I'm getting my graphic design degree. By the way, girl, you need me to make a cover for you. (laughs) You need a business card. And I like how Unique says, bitch, quit lying. (laughs) She's like, and no, come on. So, oh my gosh, I just, the sex is just, 
I don't know what it is. I ended up skipping it after a certain point because it's just so. Well, you can see you skipped it. I read it very. <laughs> because at some point I felt like, okay, so I've read a lot of sex in books mm-hmm. and there's, this felt like it was written just to sort of like shock the reader. Like, can you believe this shit? Yeah. And that's what I don't like. Like you could have your characters doing the wildest, craziest shit, but if it still makes sense within the plot of like who they are as people and what the plot and the universe of the world, fine. But if it feels like you're actually pandering to me, the invisible audience, to like, can you believe this shit? He stuck up a strawberry up her vagina. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> oh, Molly, I'm still not over it. I didn't know that's what happened. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't even know where to go next. Well, Zoe next eats a stack of pancakes, four strips of bacon, two sausage legs, two pieces of French toast, an omelet, and a Diet Coke to cut down on the calories. Okay. Now, you had so many conversations with waitstaff in this book. I was like, that was what reminded me of the wedding date. It's like, we don't need every interaction they have. Like, can I order a Sprite? Can we sit in the non-smoking section? Of course. <laughs> that entire breakfast spread. Oh, my God. And then, so, they're at, I guess, Uncle Billy's. Uncle Bill's. Uncle it's Bill's. An institution. Sorry. Is it an institution? <laughs> um, I really wish we had another person from St. Louis, because this is, again, reminding me of the wedding date when we were talking about all the L.A. restaurants. The California stuff. And I was like, I just assume this is close to each other. And you're like, no, not at all. <laughs> Um, so they're at Uncle Bill's, uh, Zoe is just eating them out of house and home. <laughs> and is this a scene where, um, Unique talks about her transition plan? Um, and is Well, she announces she's gonna, like, put KK in charge, because Kiara's too much of, like, a, uh, a loose, loose, loose cannon. cannon. Yeah. And this is where, like, the seeds of the plot start to come in mm-hmm. with, um, with Kiara. Kiara is not happy about it. Kiara has a drug problem. Which doesn't get introduced until later. Yeah, like, it I develops think, like, overnight. <laughs> I, I actually think it's, like, one of the things that's hinted at instead of, like, straight up being said. Because I think oh, really? Kiara and Kiki are sisters, right? Yeah, KK. KK. And KK is always taking care of Kiara's uh, daughter. And I think, like, early, early on... Unique says something like she's out of control or like this is getting out of hand. Like she kind of hints that mm-hmm. she knows that um, Kiara has an, a problem. Okay. I can see that. Um, but so they, they trans- transition it there. Zoe and Legend go back to fucking and not fucking. <laughs> Fighting and arguing. Fighting and, and arguing. In the meantime, um, the mental health issues kind of come to a head. Um, yes. Big stops taking his medication. Big stops taking his medication. And there is a random ass scene where like, (laughs) right? Also went nowhere. Also went nowhere. So it's like, it's supposed to mirror what's happening with her mother. So Mm -hmm. her mother um, gets brain cancer. I think this mother, man, her brain hates her. Her brain, a lot's going on with the mother. Every time um, Unique goes, the mother, like, screams at her because she says she looks like the rapist. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, it's actually very sad. And it's not played, like... It's 
not played for laughs. It's or not played like for drama. laughs or drama or like there's blame on either character. It's like this is just a sad situation with this woman who's kind of like trapped in this situation and she can't really get out. Um, and then it kind of mirrors big situation where early on Unique sees that he has um, medication in his pocket and she freaks out and he's like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm responsible. I'm going to stay up on it. But he has an episode where he stops taking his medicine. And that's not explained very well. Because when she learns about the bipolar disorder, he's very much like, I've been on... I've been on medication. I've been on it for a while. It's managed. Mm-hmm. It's handled. Blah blah blah. And then, like all of a sudden, he just stops taking his pills because he doesn't want to be addicted. To- he says, "Like I don't want to be a pill fiend or something." He's like, "I don't need it." Blah blah blah. And he just stops. And we're not really told. Now why. I think that has something to do with his childhood trauma, which was ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he says that his mom didn't know how to manage his bipolar. And stuck him in, he was institutionalized and he was basically like force fed medication to the point where he couldn't like, he couldn't even function. So the way it's described though, I'm like, was he yeah. institutionalized in the 1890s? It like, was wild. Like, what? And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, thank God. Like I haven't had like to go through this. Like, I hope I never do. Like, I can't say that this is nobody's experience because just knowing the state of healthcare in this country, but he was like being chained down and like, right doped up and couldn't even like think straight and all this stuff mm -hmm. there are problems i'm sure with the mental health like safety net in this country i don't think they're using straight jackets anymore i don't know girl like i can say that confidently and it was just like i was like it just it was weird yeah so but like he had that trauma before and he was still taking his pills so i was like what is the event that suddenly has him I think Not it was his unique being trailed. And when he walks down the street and sees the flower van. The flower man. Flower van when they're like shopping. Oh, that's right. And like and the legends. Because so there's a line where it's like the van was out of place with all the 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 Mercedes Benzes and the and the BMWs. Right. And I was like, rich people still get delivery. <laughs> like I don't understand. Right. I've been to Frontenac. There are a lot of utility vehicles there. <laughs> So I, I I thought that that was what triggered him, but you know I'm open to interpretation. But essentially, like I think oh, that's the difference. Well, I was gonna say I think that's the difference between the two. You were a lot more forgiving with certain things, and I was like, no, I want an explanation. This doesn't make any sense. Explain yourself. <laughs> that's that might be it. I was like benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I was just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not falling for it. Um. So there is this scene where. Um, Unique and Big are in the house with Big's son, who shows up for this scene only. I don't know what... He's not even at their little happy ending. No, what? I don't... No, he's not. He doesn't get no. to go to... Uh, what are no. they at? Like Turks and Caicos? Or Saint Tropez? They're somewhere. They're but like he's riding there. off into the sunset, and she talks about her baby, and it's like, oh, that other child. Who? It's like, oh, Big's other son is not there. So they're at home. Big is off his medication. He has a gun and he's just sitting by the window, like waiting for these federal agents to come for him. And he's like talking about the devil. Yeah. Big is always watching him. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's a big, that's a big leap from general paranoia about people turning on you to the devil being in the room. So he is having a hard time. Uh, unique. And this is where unique like started to annoy me with her 
It's like, I thought you were like the bad bitch and you did whatever. Thank and you. Because she is there in this bad situation. And I thought he was preventing her from leaving. But no. it's like, she's just kind of hanging out with him in the house and the kid. And he's like, he throws her on the ground and I think he hits her and he's like threatening to kill everybody. And I'm like, unique. You and that kid need to go. <laughs> like, you need to go and get yourself safe right now. And she's like, she has no idea what to do. And it's such in contrast to, like you said, Winter, who's like, whatever happens, I'm going to survive. Yeah. Well, I think there is some mention where it's like he would not let her leave the house. Mm. But again, we're told that and then we're shown something else. That she just leaves the house. Yeah, she just walks out and he's like, whatever, bitch, leave. Bye. And it's like, that's it. Also, she told him, which I wouldn't have done. No, yeah. I was like, just, I think I put that down. I was like, just go. Yeah, why are you reporting in? Like, I can't stay here. Like, just leave. He's clearly not in his right mind. Like, I don't know if they were trying to set, again, something up with the mom, where even though the mom, like, acted horrible, horrible, horrible to her, like, Unique is never able to break out of this, this... Wanting to please her. Wanting to please her. mm -hmm. And wanting to, like, be loved by her mother. So I don't know if they were, like, drawing a parallel, like, even though she knew it was, like, a bad situation, she still wanted to please big. Which goes against her back tat, but here we are. <laughs> she like she we got a completely different character than what we were told about, mm-hmm. and that's. I mean, I'm not gonna keep. I feel like I keep repeating that, but that's the big crux of my issue with this book. Is like, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah, a really no good one who is is who they are supposed to, who they say they are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or who we're told. Um, so she leaves. And there's a scene where she takes Dante to his mother, mm-hmm. and the and I thought, ooh, a character with sense, because she at first she tries to tell Unique, look, I tried to fix him, you can't fix him, it's it's an illness, he needs mm-hmm. to take his medicine, he needs help, and then the chapter ends with the mom told with the mother also telling Unique, well, you're his wife, you got to hold him down, yeah. and I'm like. It can't be both. Either she needs to let him go so he can go get the help he needs and be safe, or she's going to stay in this toxic situation. Right. I don't know. It bugged me. I was like, oh, look, a character with sense. And then like three paragraphs later. She's like, but you know, girl. Hold him down. I thought it was interesting. And I want to bring this because I saw some parallels with tone. And (laughs) We're going to have to get to that. I think this is the time. (laughs) I thought that there were going to be points where there were these characters who were set up to be antagonists. And then they turned out to be totally cool. Like we talked about with Caesar. We thought he was going to be mad that she left. I really thought Caesar was good. I knew someone was going to betray big. I thought it was going to be Caesar. It wasn't. Um, He was just cool with them leaving. Cool with them being together. I thought the um, right. Dante's mom was going to have an issue with them. She, she just said that thing. Like you said, like I try to fix them. I don't know if you can tone. There is a scene. (laughs) Nowhere. Early on, we're like, Tone, this is her ex, Unique's ex. She goes to break it off with him. And mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be crazy. I thought he was going to be violent. He basically mm-hmm. comes to the door. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, I was I was cheating on you. And I probably shouldn't have. Yeah, he's like a little sad. And he's like, oh, my, everyone's called Ma in this book. He's <laughs> like, oh, Ma, man, that sucks. And like, I didn't expect to hear from him for the rest of the book. Right. Later, there's a scene where um, Big, so Kiara sets it up to look like Unique's cheating with Tone and there's all this stuff going on. Big <laughs> I was going to put that in the synopsis and I was like, this goes absolutely nowhere. It and goes I nowhere. It. Big goes, he means the dog shit out of Tone. 
Like, he just he really beats does. his ass. Again, tone, 100% cool. He's like, yep. He, d- he can't really fight back. He's, he's just not that gangster. Yep, he doesn't. Well, no he, one is, but no he really is. isn't. He doesn't try to come after them. He doesn't do anything. And so this is why I say Tone took me on a roller coaster. Because I thought, I was like, okay, she's really setting these people up not to be these crazy super villains like in um, uh, This Could Be Us That You Play In, where the girl was like drugging everybody. I started <laughs> to feel bad for Tone. I started to feel bad for Tone. And then, who is it? Nasheed. They, so... They have a party at this it's club. It's a big surprise birthday party. A big surprise birthday party where I, I really feel like, as an aside, um, the biggest issue for me were their communication, everyone's communication issues. <laughs> there are so many points where people come to a conflict and person A knows some information that person B doesn't. And instead of saying it, you know what it is, this is a surprise party for you. They let person B goes completely, flies off the handle, goes insane, gets super angry, starts cussing everybody out. When they could just say, this is a surprise party for you. That is not my wife. No, I'm not cheating. Like, there's so many times when, like, another person storms off, and that's how conflict happens in this book. It's very convoluted. It's very convoluted. So People have to be extra uh-huh. dumb or jump off at every little thing or just not have regular conversations for the plot to sort of move forward. Exactly. Um, so they go, they have a party. Um, big legend and Nasheed go into a different room or something to smoke a blunt. Mm-hmm. And Nasheed is like, hey, I'm going to put on some street porn. <laughs> I'm like, is that a thing? Is that how men act? <laughs> And just pull this DVDs of porn. Just pull DVDs of porn out of their bag and like we're gonna watch this right now. He's like, I, I bought this on the corner. And you know what? You know what? This is 2002. It was probably a thing. It was probably I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't buying street porn. <laughs> well, I, re- I remember that's like when that first R. Kelly thing popped up because that's how uh... it happened. It was on bootleg at these street corner places and people were buying it up and it got to someone like the FBI or a newspaper and they're like, that's a minor. Yeah. So I think it was a thing. That the internet true. wasn't great at video yet. That is but, true. Mm-hmm, but we had DVD burning technology. It's just it's just the term street porn. Like I hate it. It, so it just slaps you and it demands attention. It's it like really this is the porn I found on the street. But that's what made me believe it, because I remember that's when the P-tape You are right. came out. And I'm like, this must have been, it must have been a thing, because I read that Soulless book where they talk about it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it was a thing. Men would just buy bootleg porn or homemade amateur porn on DVD. Just off the street. What? Off the street. It's like, okay, you could buy flowers on Memorial Day. You could buy (laughs) um, a jersey with like Hip Hop Bugs Bunny on it. You can buy bootleg, bootleg, like, fan merchandise. Fan merchandise, Jamaican black soap, uh, <laughs> or black, African black soap, and Jamaican black castor oil. Um, you know, a lot of things. But the street porn, and you know what? Maybe because I was a child, <laughs> I never came across the street porn. So. Maybe. <laughs> it was like the original Amazon but I bet you, but like, I, it just had me believing, oh yeah, this was probably a thing. So As soon as I read that and I thought back to the Soulless book I read, I was like, oh yeah. 
is it a thing then to at your birthday party it's like you know you're smoking a blunt you want to relax that I don't know and that's what I was confused about I'm like is that a thing men do where they just pull out DVDs of poorly shot porn and pop it in the player for everyone to watch (laughs) you guys are nice and relaxed you guys are having a good time let me put on some weird porn I just that I don't know so he puts on the porn and it is of legend. Um, no. Or not legend, sorry. It is of tone. <laughs> I was about to say that's a completely That's a complete that's a completely different. It is of tone um sexually assaulting patients when she done, was done, done. 14. This took me down. I was like, the f- <laughs> what? <laughs> like the way they were describing it, because they kind of build up to it. Like at first, like Big is kind of like, huh? Uh, like one of them's be a, is it Nasheed? Like okay, so being real gross, being real gross. And the thing is about it, like I guess I could say it. Like this is a setup for big, like essentially, <laughs> federal agent man, <gasps> the white guy, finds out about this. They say show oh. this to big, so he'll fly into a rage and murder tone, and then we can get him on murder. I had a thought about this because. Uh-huh. I thought of you because, yes, that's their plan. They're like, we're going to show this really Is your question, is this entrapment? (laughs) I think it's entrapment, but there's another part where, like, they just get big on tape saying he's going to be kill Toad. And they're like, we got him. We got him. I was like, well, no one's dead yet. So what do you really have him on? He hasn't done anything. And also, Tone didn't hear him say that. So it can't be any kind of, like... I was like, what crime is that? <laughs> I think I did say that too. Because I believe if I saw a video where a man were sexually assaulting or raping, I would say, I'm going to kill him too. Right? That and if there's no dead heated. body yet, you can't really get me on that reaction. There's not a jury in the world who probably would have, You know what I mean? Unless their intention was really to murder Tone. Like, well, I can, I can see if Tone showed up dead the next day. We're like, look, we got this. But they're acting like we got him. We got him. Tone's still alive. And right? they're like, we got him saying he's going to kill him. We can get him in jail now. It was it was very flimsy for this, you know, nebulous like, police. Exactly. I was like, law well, enforcement I don't think crime. But I was going to let you let me know. <laughs> no, you're correct. Like, I was really like, I think I put that in later. I was like, I don't quite know what they're getting him on here. <laughs> Like, just hoping Tone shows up dead and then they can that's, that's the thing. He has to be dead for that to, like, carry any weight. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's him. like, oh, yeah, that's his underage uh, sister-in-law. Yeah, I'd probably be pretty mad about that. Wait, you should... That? I, I'm pretty sure it's a crime to possess child pornography. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Because the sheet is real nasty with it. And he knows that that's what patience. Because he thinks she does mention that he had watched it by himself. Right. Right. Here's 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 my thing. This whole scene before like the plot made sense. Mm-hmm. I was really like the sex. Like I said, felt really um, not exploitative. I guess exploitative in the way that it's just in there to like shock. Mm-hmm. And this really felt it because before we even know who it is, mm-hmm. the words used to describe like the sex have like hints of violence in it. Yeah. Like we get hints that the woman is, she's like crying in pain yeah. or she's like screaming. And I'm yeah. like, why is this here? I don't want to read about this. I don't want to hear about it. It is and graphic. It, and yeah. I, and I feel like the other characters, like besides Nasheed, they're kind of like turn up, like you get the sense that something's wrong. Yeah. Did she have to go so graphic? Probably not. 
No. And, and like, I'm not, I was about to say I'm glad, but I'm like, I'm not glad, but I'm like, at least it was tied into the plot because if this was just another one of those threads that went absolutely, absolutely nowhere. No, they see it and they're immediately like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yes. Like, at first they're like, this is gross. This is not the street porn that I typically like. <laughs> I like that quality I like that quality, porn. consensual street porn, which, you know, do you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this... I thought... Can uh-huh. I say I thought it was going to be unique at first? I kind of thought it was going to be unique, too. Because they spend a good, like, paragraph going, like, she looks familiar. She looks familiar. Uh-huh. And like, everyone's looking at her ass, and that's mostly how anytime <laughs> a man describes unique, they're talking about her ass. <laughs> right. So I'm like, is it unique in the video? Because we had that whole setup with Kiara trying to say Tone and her were still, uh-huh. and there were photos. Uh-huh. They never explained how she got the photo evidence. No, they do. So thought, she just oh, followed is her. Unique? Is this unique? <laughs> they do explain that, which I thought was real dope. Oh, do they? Yeah. But how do they explain it? That she just followed Unique. But, like, they had already broken up. So, like, were those old photos? If it Unique was wasn't when this- Unique went to tell Tone it was over. Ah, okay. Because that's why that scene was in there. Because I was thinking, like, this is such a weird scene. Like, why have this scene in here where he's just like, okay, we're broken up if it wasn't going to lead anywhere. And it's because Kiara had followed them. Okay. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, But... It yes, so it's it's very it's tenuous that they can get big on this, and it it does seem like they're setting him up. Um, well, he keeps it from unique for a good two days. Yes, and this is going back to like <laughs> if people would just talk about because this this is the part that don't oh two things. I'll get back to the part that don't make no sense. But <laughs> I thought when because I was like this came out of nowhere. And then when I went back and looked at my notes, the very first scene where you see Tone, he's sitting on the, the couch with his pants undone. And I thought I, he was just being gross. I said in my note, I was like, he's sleeping with a sister. So you called it. I guess so, but I didn't know it was going to be gross. I didn't know it was going to be all this other stuff. I completely skimmed that detail and thought, okay, I guess he's a dude and he was playing with himself and she <laughs> caught him. Like, that's literally... <laughs> I did not think it would come back and be a major plot. This point. is so much about our personalities. You being done with everything and me being like highly suspicious and conspiratorial. I was like, ew. I thought like Al Bundy on Married with Children. Just his hand down his pants. Exactly. After a while, I was like, I completely forgot about it. I was like, okay, I guess he's just playing with like you said. So the part that don't make no sense is, and again, communication issues. Um, one day, patients are, um, Unique comes home. Big is like, watch this tape. And she's like, what are you showing me? She's like, disgusted by it. She's like, this is As nasty. would be. Mm-hmm. Street porn. Is that girl underage? Why the fuck are you showing me this? And then she sees it's patients and she's like, utterly destroyed. And I wanted to take Big just aside and say, Big, you could have just told her. That's what I was like, why do you have to show you it to not her? You need to show her this very upsetting street porn. It's so, like, what? first of all, you waited like 48 to 72 hours to tell her. Then you because tell her- Because they didn't want to ruin in- the party. <laughs> exactly. Then you tell her in the most insensitive way upsetting possible. Upsetting possible. Like, she's like falling on her knees. Like, you would be if you found out your sister had been sexually assaulted by your boyfriend. 
And it was the top selling street porn video right? in town. Like, because Nasheed's like, everyone's watched it. And it's like, everyone has a copy. What the fuck are you talking about? But it's just, it's very weird and it's super gross. And they could have just told her. Um, there is a scene where patient, Patience walks in and you need to oh, yes, immediately like punch her. <laughs> it's playing in the background. She immediately punches her. <laughs> yeah, that scene. She doesn't handle it with like the love and care. Because I guess she thinks she was doing it. Like, just behind her back? Like, yeah. Like, having sex with her boyfriend? And it's like, Unique, she's 14. Exactly. Come on, Unique. But she did, again, like what you were talking about, like how the author tries to show, I guess, she tries to make things not problematic, or she tries to handle it with care. They end up going to counseling. Like, she's right? like, we're going to... Unique is like, we're going to put you in counseling. Patient's like, I don't want counseling. She's like, no, we're going to go. Like, we're going to go together go. as a family. As a family. We're going to talk like, about th- everything that's happened. We're going to get yeah. through this. But she does yeah. start off by punching her. <laughs> she like, start by punching her. I have whiplash. Like, what the fuck? And again, it was just how Unique was so confusing. Yeah. Because it, like, yeah, I'm going to punch my sister and then we're going to sign up and we're going to go to therapy to yeah. deal with her trauma. Because it's like she punches her then you. Patience tells a really upsetting story about how it happens. And then she basically like, blackmailed her. Yeah. And was like, if you want to stay, you want me to take care of you, you got to do this. Yeah. Or I'm going to kill your sister and your mother. And your mother. And she, because she was a child, she was like, oh, you know, freaking out. And then yeah. there's like this whole thing with Unique's like, why can't you tell me? And it's like really harrowing. And it's like stories that aren't completely outside. It's not unbelievable. Right. Where it's like, oh, where, you know, you compare it to some of the other stories and you're like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, like it's, he it's, killed how many? Like, he killed 14, 15 people. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Zoe and what's his name? Edmund. I can't remember the serial oh, killer in that book. The sociopath the she sociopath. was sleeping with. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, okay that's. A, you're stretching my imagination a little bit. I always, I always forget about him and just think about the guy who got turned on by murals. There's another scene in here, and I can't find it because there's a scene where she's looking at a wall, and she's like, that's good pain, and then she gets a little turned on. <laughs> Is this a thing in urban fiction? Is it a thing no. painted walls? They get turned on by paint? So, yeah, so that that is where that kind of goes. And then... Now it's... She she pops off and she's like, I'm going to take care of that nigga. And she grabs a gun. (laughs) And Big is like, no, no, baby. I'm going to hold you down. I will kill Tone. And everyone... She she goes anyway. She goes anyway. Everyone's going to run it off to kill Tone. He don't know, (laughs) again, because he's... He dumb. Dumb! (laughs) So she goes, they have... Unique goes, she gets there first. Um, he's sitting in a chair. Is he eating dinner? I can't remember. He's sitting in a I chair. I thought he was watching TV. Watching TV. Something. He's, su- again, gets his ass beat. Gets broken up with him. Street porn of him <laughs> raping a child gets out there. He cool. He's cool with everything. Unique shoots twice okay. at him. Point blank. He does say a gross thing like she wanted it. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. He's, he's super gross. Um, she shoots at him twice, misses. <laughs> they scuffle. That, okay. 
I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but you keep reminding me of details. How the fuck do you miss Unique? <laughs> I, I thought too. you were badass. You wanted to kill this fool. You got him. You knock him out. You got, you're the only one with a gun. I'm, you're standing still. You probably are like, what, three or four feet away from him and you miss? You missed twice. Was she pointing in the sky? <laughs> like, what was she doing? How do you miss? <laughs> I ask my husband as I do whatever anything comes up that I don't like any of these books. I was like, is it possible? He was like trying to explain how that might be possible. Like with the situation. But I was like, I I don't know. Once, don't, maybe, but twice. Twice. She missed twice. She didn't even get him in the leg. Nothing. She didn't get an arm. Nothing. Like I can get if she accidentally shot him and it wasn't a non-fatal wound. Right. But not to hit him at all. <laughs> He attacks her. They scuffle. He hits his head on the coffee table. And she, again, being the bad bitch, being the, like, one who knows, like, real, like, street knowledge, knows what she's doing, boost cars, plays I know men, what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Leaves without the gun. How you fucking leave the gun, Unique? How are you leaving the gun? <laughs> I'm like, I was so done with her. I'm like, you. I am more criminal than you. And I have... <laughs> Because she gets this gun out of a safe, right? Right. It's I probably guarantee got- you this gun is registered to her name. And she just leaves it. Just just walks out the door. And I'm like, when did it leave your hand? You shot him, you I guess they did scuffle. Never they scuffled. mind. But that's what you were scuffling over. That the should gun. have been the, that was like the you most were trying to get it. Thing. Like, get the gun, girl. Yes. That's what y'all were fighting and doing. And you walk out of that house. And it's like, you without- came there to kill him. And he's laying there unconscious. I can't. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> he's know? dead and has a, he's still alive and has a weapon And now. has a gun now. Your gun. Your, with your fingerprints all over it. Your gun, girl. So. I <laughs> Putting that aside. Big I, I, and I'm federal trying. agent. <laughs> legend. <laughs> Um, now... No, big in federal informant, Nasheed. Oh, it's Nasheed? I thought it was Legend. You're, you're probably he, right. Oh, you're right. You're right. Also the dum-dum. So they go over after Unique has left because Unique's like, oh, I left the gun. Uh-huh. And it's like, I just thought of that scene of Riley in uh, Gangstalicious. <laughs> you dropped the gun? How you gonna drop the gun, Gangstalicious? That's not gangsta. That's really not gangsta. So they go to get her gun. So he and Nasheed go and they show up and Tone's already dead. Tone has been shot dead. In the head. Uh-huh. And so they get the gun. He picks it up without, he picks it up with his hand and just hands it to Nasheed, who holds it with like his shirt. Yeah. And he's like, take care of this. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to take care of it. The sheep's he's like, like would you like straight. to put some more fingerprints on this gun before I take she, it? Can you touch this a bit more? <laughs> Hold it like you would if you were going to shoot somebody. (laughs) Residue on your your clothing. (laughs) And so he's like, cool, take this. I don't know what, what, I don't know why Big can't take care of it himself. Like, it truly escapes me. Plot. What was he doing that he couldn't take care of? That was their sole reason for going over there. He needed to go back and return those videos to Blockbuster. (laughs) You can't be paying those late fees. So... I came, so yeah, and so Nasheed takes it to the federal agents, and they get him on murder of Tone. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept thinking of the Testify music video. <laughs> 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 completely different, completely different situation, but it just, 
Maybe think of the Justify music video. No, I can't not think of that. I'm so sorry. But Taraji. <laughs> um, um, this is when it starts to get very... It ramps up. Muddled. <laughs> it yeah, does because, ramp up, but it also gets yeah. kind of muddled. So, because she has like five different plot threads she's now got to conclude. And because we spent all that other time talking about, you know, everyone's clothes yeah. and what they were eating <laughs> and whether or not they wanted to sit in the non-smoking area or the smoking area, she's run out of room. So one one plot point that we forgot that does, we kind of hinted at it. At one point, um, Legend <laughs> is like walking through an outdoor mall and comes across... Um, uh, unique and Zoe, and Legend is with a woman and mm-hmm. um a little girl, and he's holding mm-hmm. a little girl. Zoe sees them, flies into a rage. The woman calls her by her name and says, yes. "Oh, Zoe." Zoe doesn't pick up on that. She's like, "This is your baby mama. You married like all this stuff." No, she dumb. She dumb. At one point, it's like. <laughs> Why would he tell his wife about you? Just putting that she, out there. Just putting yeah, that out there. Why would she know about you? And she, she even says something. She's like, how do you know my name? Mm-hmm. And I guess the other lady's just like. She's like, I, I don't. She, don't. <laughs> <laughs> She's able to like throw her off. They do go through all this trouble, the author, to like describe how the little girl looks like legend. Yeah. Which, which I thought like, was like, okay. well, if it's not his daughter. Why does he <laughs> Why does he look? Why does he look like her? Why are they out at like shopping? Shopping at like Baby Gap. Why? 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 It's um, weird. So that's only to bring up that they had broken up for real. Um, mm-hmm. I think they sleep together once or twice more, but they are like off for real at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's all the play settings. Oh, one more thing. Unique is visiting Big in jail, and every time, every single scene, they they start to talk to her. She's like, "My period is late." Oh, and she's my boobs weight, hurt. And she's so hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. It's like, but you're pregnant. And even when she goes to see Big in jail, she says something, and he's like, "Oh, have you taken a pregnancy?" T-? I doesn't say that, but it's like super obvious, like. Everyone he hits, gets like, it. are you pregnant? Yeah. Everyone gets it except for <laughs> Unique. She dumb. She dumb. She dumb, Molly. She dumb. She dumb. She's like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel good. I'm tired and I just keep eating. Those pants that <laughs> I boosted, like, they don't fit anymore. I'm going go to go out to steal some more pants, even though these federal agents are watching my every move. Oh, that brings up another point. They almost set up an international car boosting job. Oh, yeah. Like, when you are being watched by some <laughs> federal, some nebulous federal agency. Is it the men in black? I don't know. But they well, are outside of your house. They're federal and they're law enforcement. <laughs> and I'm like, she's so dumb. This is, you need to be acting as on the level as possible, as possible, not planning a heist in fucking Spain or wherever they were going to go to steal some cars, right. which how does that even work? How does They needed that work? to get them on like cargo ships. <laughs> and it's like, again, big entertainment, like she was reading it, what was it, like XXL or something? She was reading yes. it. They got a $50 million contract. It's like, just steal that money, Unique. I'm sure you have all the <laughs> bank account at, like, 
You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Why are you acting so broke? All your friends who just have cool $100,000 in the bank are offering to give it to you to pay his bail. And then I don't even think he gets bail because it's murder. Yeah. (laughs) I do like how they like pointedly, there's a scene where it's described, they all pointedly look at Kiara to see if she's going to give anything. (laughs) Right. And she just, when they go back to eat and they all mm -hmm. are giving her money because they're all getting out of the game and going back to school. And Kiara's like, no. And it's like at this point, like her treachery has kind of come out, and um, out of nowhere, I like that patience is like that's fine, and then she's like I forgive you, and at the end they all stand up and she just cold cocks her, she just like <laughs> knocks her out, she punches so many people like right in the side of the head, and this is out of nowhere. Oh, she hits big upside the head so many so times. many times. <laughs> And he grabs her by the neck a couple times. He sure I'm does. like, what are y'all doing? So I guess so he's he's going down for this murder when someone, some random lady, finds legend. I don't know how he hears about it, but they say, Oh, oh a woman was seen coming out of his coming out of Tone's apartment shortly after the murder. Legend just goes to talk to his neighbor. That's <laughs> it. It was just the neighbor. <laughs> so just basic basic just investigation. Basic policing. I also like that um, it's federal agent Lansing, who is the guy who's like out to get big. No first name. (laughs) No first name. But he also decides to prosecute for the state personally. And I don't (laughs) think that's that's a thing I wouldn't have caught on. I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) I'm not I'm not savvy enough with the federal courts to have been (laughs) district. But you're right. They have a whole prosecution team. So they run a trial. And I forget how Big gets off. Oh, I don't because, well, I mean, you forgot because it's not a lot of plot is put in. It, Big gets off because Kiara shows up looking as um, Unique calls her like a chicken head. Her hair is all matted. She's a mess. And when she hears that Big has taken the fall, she's mad because she meant that for Unique. Mm-hmm. She was trying to frame Unique, so she shows up with a gun. Well, something she... must happen before that, right? Because they let Big out of the courthouse. Did they? Let me see. Yeah, because it's on the courthouse steps. Oh, oh, it's the, um, it's what you were saying, the neighbor's testimony. And she's like, I saw a woman. And they're like, oh, well, it must be him. Or, you know, it must be that woman who did it. And it's like, I don't know, like legend goes and I feel like there's another scene where he's like, um, that's right. right. Okay, I have the sentence. <laughs> Not only was Big acquitted of all charges, but federal agent Lansing was charged with perjury and withholding evidence. So it just gets wrapped up in a neat tidy bow. Right. He's just acquitted. He's just, he's just acquitted. And it's like, uh, okay. Um, and then that's when Kiara shows yeah, up. Yes. So they are leaving. And it's very, like, it's very, like, I was thinking of just, like, the Kennedys. Like, they're on the steps and, like, everyone's, like, taking pictures of them. And everyone's, like, how does it feel to get out? Like, oh, like, you know, the prodigal son returns. (laughs) It's like St. Louis. St. Louis's finest is back. They're walking down. (laughs) Good. I was like, let me tell you, I worked in a newsroom and we heard (laughs) that a rapper got acquitted for murder We'd be like, okay, run a brief on it. We are not sending a reporter to the courtroom steps for a at the moment interview. I just thought it was so funny. Well, they the said like all their reporters, it, every reporter yeah. in St. Louis was there. <laughs> How 
how does it feel to be vindicated? And right. then she's shoving the microphone in its face. It's I was like, like you're going to see Lansing in jail. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. Um, I see. The two ops- topsies on tone. Like, when I say, like, we're skipping over a lot of the flavor of this book, we're still <laughs> skipping over a lot. So they're coming down the courtroom steps, or the courthouse steps. Um, Unique at this point knows that she's pregnant. Um, they're looking like, you know, every gangster movie who's ever got it off and they're like leaving and smiling. You see in the shadows, <laughs> Chicken have, and Kiara. Go ahead, read I, it. I have the quote. Because I keep trying to get to it and I get like stopped up by all the things I violated. Big barely recognized her. She looked like a full-fledged base head now. Her hair was nappy and matted together, and she looked as like she hadn't slept in days. Kiara was no longer the thick five foot ten chick she used to be. It's just like, okay, she really fell down that hill fast. Fast. Her hair is matted, she ain't comb it. She just and I mean I feel like she was just in the courtroom. That's what I'm saying. But she's got a gun. Yes. And she's ready to use it. And she is ready, like Lansing, who I guess I was flipping through, threatened to kill Joe Black, the coroner. <laughs> That's true. Why does the coroner a have a name in the backstory? Um, so she aims it, aims a gun at patients, ready to end everything. Big mm-hmm. is literally the only one in this, you know, whole crowd who sees her dives in front of the bullet and takes like two or three four four bullets four bullets to the back to the back for unique and his child unique is like freaking out as many of us would um yes they keep telling her an ambulance is coming and she's like fuck you That's what, the one person is like, don't touch him, an ambulance is going. She's like, I'm going to touch him if I fucking want. I was like, I feel like they're telling you that to help. Right. It's like Legend is like, Legend says, unique, don't move him. She says, shut the fuck up, Legend. I'm not letting him go. I will never let him go. He needs me. No, bitch. He needs that ambulance. <laughs> he really <laughs> like he needs you. He needs you to stop jostling his organs and blood vessels around with those bullets in him. Right. So... Um, and this is where the timeline, like, if it got muddied before, this is, like, the Missouri River. (laughs) (laughs) Opaque. And not in a good way. Like, I think she meant this to be, ooh, what's happening and ambiguous, but it's just... It's like, you see it coming from a mile away, because, again, it has all these romance tropes in it. Yes. And you know, like, everything sets this up that there's going to be a happily ever after for these characters. Yeah. So uh, she's just lying to you and then lying to you about lying to you. Right. So here's what my best synopsis. I'm not as sick as Danielle. I apologize. Um, it, it, it flash forwards some amount of time. There is a funeral. Um, mm-hmm. Unique tells everyone to stay away from the funeral. Um she has her baby and she goes to the, the headstone several times to cry and say, I wish you were here. I wish you were here. And the baby has your eyes. And the baby has your eyes. Like, I wish you could see here. I wish you could be here for the baby for me. Um, Nasheed comes back into the picture. <laughs> this And he's like, and I, right. And he, he starts hitting on her. And um, 
Unique is like, well, you set my man up. You set my man up. Um, and he got shot because, of, like, behind this shit, what you did. And he's like, yeah, but that's in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta bring up old shit, Unique? Why you gotta bring up stuff that happened last week, Unique? Come on. You know you and I always had a connection. What did they say? Narrator's note. They did it. Like, they never, ever <laughs> did. And so then Unique, in her... You know, in her kind of thought process, she's like, yeah, you know, I can forgive him. Um, they start talking. She, like, is going back and forth with him. He's saying he it's, loves her. It's important to note now that he is in hiding. He's in After hiding. everything that happened down, he's in hiding. He, his whole goal was to get witness protection. <laughs> but he decided <laughs> to go in hiding instead when Lansing went to jail for all of his crimes. Um... She's like, yes, like we can be together. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And even in, because this is like, what would you call this? Like third person close. So it's not yes. like it's first person, but you can kind of hear them, the characters like thoughts. You get their inner monologues. Sometimes I forget. And like we would switch characters and I'd be like, oh, that's right. This isn't in first person. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so even, even in her thought, she's like saying like, uh, I forgive him. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, this is what I should do. Um, and even kind of in her thought, she's acting like big is dead. (laughs) I know. That's why I'm like, keep going. I'm sorry. Everything else is kind of getting wrapped up. Um, uh, you know, she's in this house. She's got the baby. She finally gets him to tell her where he is. Yeah, Kiara gets off because she's got schizophrenia. <laughs> I, I didn't get that. Oh, I thought they were trying. I thought they were going to say, well, schizophrenia was in the family, so that was their defense. I thought we didn't know what her final right. legal outcome was. Oh, you're right. And I just like to say, like, you know, if you go for that, um, like, quote unquote, insanity defense, that doesn't mean you don't go to jail. That means you go to a mental institution forever. Right. Psychiatric jail. Right? Because they're like, oh, uh, this person is so crazy. They killed someone. You don't get over being crazy. You get locked up forever. So I I was kind of like, oh, like, this is not a happy ending for Kiara. Um, So, yes, Unique gets Nasheed to tell him to tell her um, where he is. Um, and he is in Saint Tropez. Um, <laughs> and then get all the way fuck over there. Smash cut to the sun beam down on the from the sky as Unique stood in the cockpit, which I thought cockpit of a fifty foot sailboat. Dressed, is that what they're called? I would say helm, or like um, the bridge. But you know what? I have not been on a fifty foot sailboat. So, (laughs) maybe, I don't know, girl, I don't know. Dressed scantily in a long, platinum blonde wig, which again, scantily, I don't usually think her first (laughs) with weird hair. Maybe she was only wearing the wig? Two-piece yellow bikini and sarong. Oh, never mind. If you have a sarong on, it's not, you know, okay. She guided the boat with absolute precision. Even though I stopped several times to nitpick that sentence, I love the visual of that. Like, she's, like you don't know what's going on at this point. She's on this huge fucking sailboat. She's, like, dressed like, you know, a, a woman who just murdered her husband is exactly. escaping. Um, no, not one bumper wave was felt as she 
uh, as the boat glided across the Mediterranean Sea. So she's been there three weeks with Nasheed. They're hanging out. At this point, I was like, huh? What? Oh, I I, I suspected it was going to end badly for Nasheed. I, I figured it would, but I still didn't know what they were. I didn't know why she was on a boat. I was very confused. That's true. I didn't know why it took place on a boat. <laughs> so she is pouring champagne. She gets one to Nasheed. It's very <laughs> cinematic, this scene. Nasheed is like, yes, like, I'm going to take care of you and Big's baby. Like, he's weirdly into this. <laughs> and then he starts, like, getting slurred. Like, his speech is slurred. He starts, like, freaking out. And he's like, you drugged me. You drugged me. And she's like, uh, yeah, bitch, I sure did. Uh, and we know this beforehand because she takes time to describe how he she roofied him not once but <laughs> twice because <laughs> he drank the first glass so fast she went back and filled it back up. And so at this point, she gets up to him and she says, "Big isn't dead." <laughs> then Nasheed is the only one who's surprised. Big like comes out, and this is the part that confuses me. He came up on another boat or he was on this boat? I, I don't know because when they cut to him, he's like, he's dead. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, he he's revealed. It's very cinematic. It's like you can picture it filmed in a movie yes. where off frame. He's like, surprise, bitch, I'm here. Right. But in the book, you're like, whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Where, whoa. Is he- where did he come from? How is he on this boat? Because you know who else is on the boat? Legend gave up being a cop. That was another thing. I was like, wait a minute. A lot's happened. I was like, how did both of these men end up on the boat and stay hidden for so long? I think that they had, I think at least one of them came on another boat because they (laughs) kill Nasheed, wrap him up, point shooting him point blank, and then throw him overboard. And then they burn the sailboat. And they're like, what's that? <laughs> they're like, all loose ends are tied up. <laughs> it's like, we clean that mess up and they're just going about their day. And like right after it says, you all right? Big ass unique? Yeah, I'm fine. You? <laughs> and they're like, all right. They turn the boat's off, engine off. They blow up the sailboat and escape on another boat. To, um, You're right, there has to be a second there boat. There has to be a second boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big doesn't... Oh, my God. He, like, takes... They they pour... They douse the sailboat with gasoline. Big, like, pulls out a blunt, lights it, and <laughs> flicks the match onto the sailboat to blow it up. It's, it's straight out of it, some kind of, like, gangster movie. It's... I loved it. They go back to the white sand beach and there are um, Zoe, Patience, KK, Chris, and even newborn Zion all waiting to greet them. Not Dante, like you pointed out. That's the, yeah, no, screw him. <laughs> screw him. Uh, surprise, Chris and KK are together. Remember them? <laughs> Probably not because we haven't mentioned them in three hours. I was going to say, she gets every other character in Unique's clique Kiara has her full evil breakdown. Zoe hooks up with Legend. KK is just skimmed over, despite being described as, like, the one with the most sense. Right, the one who's going to take over. Because I don't even remember Zoe's, like, role. (laughs) Like, their gangster shit. 
So yeah, because like Kiara's the hot headed one, right? And KK's like the, the sensible, quiet right. one, right? But Zoe, like, I, I truly can't remember what she was doing except wanting to be a graphic designer. <laughs> so it's revealed that... That's a, I, that's a big career switch to go from being a car thief to getting into graphic design. You gotta have like, dreams, Danielle. <laughs> if she had attainable <laughs> dreams, she knew what she wanted, she went for it. So it turns out that... Um, their mother, Unique's mother, was the one who passed away. That's the funeral. And That's like the I funeral. hated how this book tried to play it like, gotcha, even <laughs> though. Like, why would she think about the funeral and like in her own head like that, in her own narration? Yeah. You're right when you said that. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You're just lying to me and then like trying to write it off as like It's like gotcha. creative. Yeah, like a like a well like a well written twist when it's not. Yeah, because your very first thought like is Bake's not dead. Like when they cut I to knew black. He wasn't dead. I knew that fool wasn't dead. But then it's like at some point she like in Unique's own head, she's like, she found it in her heart to forgive Nasheed. And it's like, what? Yeah. Because what does he have to do with your mom dying? Right. And why do you have to tell everyone to stay away from your mom's funeral? Like, it's I think because they always meant <laughs> to set it up. And she, because because Unique was so dumb, she had to truly believe. <laughs> she couldn't act. She had to actually fall in love with Nasheed. <laughs> Big told everyone, look, don't tell her I'm alive. I know it's a little cruel, but this is the only way we can pull this off. Right? There was another scene where he surprised her on the boat. He's like, we're going to kill the sheet. And she's like, all right. Oh, um, and, that's, oh. and that's kind of it. They ride off into the sunset. Legend Legend just, I guess, drops his law enforcement Legend quit the like, force and began working with Big. He's now a silent partner in Big Entertainment. I'm like, what experience does he have to be a silent partner? You got to have money to be a silent partner in things. Even though he was no longer part of a duo, Chris's rap career skyrocketed. His first solo CD, I Gotta Get Mine, went triple platinum and even produced three hit singles. He and KK were even dating. After Kiara was arrested, KK had filed papers to become Arissa's legal guardian. Again, Arissa. That's Kiara's daughter. Kiara's daughter. never said her name. Yeah. Also not invited on this boat trip. Once the court reviewed her petition, they had no problem in granting her guardianship. Just as promised, Unique and Patience attended counseling (laughs) sessions. They discussed everything from their mother's mental problems to her death to Patience being molested. The sessions lasted five months, but the girls got through it and became closer than ever. I feel like that takes longer than five months. They've got a lot of... They got a lot, because they were fucking on the street. Yes. Deep-rooted trauma. She was assaulted, and it was videographed and distributed throughout their whole town. Th- that's more than five months. Right. He, Big wasn't able to attend Selena. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. He been shot he, four times the day before. None of the bullets hit his spine, but he lost a lot of blood. I feel like, and I feel like, do we just not know how medicine works? Because... It's not the spine shot that would have killed him. It would have been the blood loss. You get shot four times and an ambulance is not right there. You dead. I mean, he had a limp. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry how you said that. Like, what more do you want, Danielle? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And that's, that's about it. At the end, she's like... 
you love me, I'm always hold you down. And that's, that's it. She's out the game. And I gave it one star. I would give this three stars. I would give this three stars on like, you know, just reading it. I would give it four stars on the Urban Lit Curve, like compared to the other Urban Lit books. I was going to ask you that. Okay. So we've, I was thinking, how would I rank this in relation to the other four big books we read? And I think I would go from best to worst, coldest winter ever, addicted, mm-hmm. Hold You Down, this book, uh-huh. and then this could be a switchy play. Wow. Yours is almost totally off. So from <laughs> mine from best to worst, I would say, well, I guess not totally opposite. This, um, okay, now I'm thinking like best versus my enjoyment of it. Okay. Oh, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> so I would say this, then um, this could be a switchy play in. Then Coldest Winter Ever, then Addicted. <laughs> you ranked Addicted that low? I, ra- I ranked Addicted dead last because that <laughs> book had too much happening in it. Look, that, I've said that book was a hot mess, but you know what? I was like, I could read that it was ba- It was by far probably the best, like, just pen to paper written, except for maybe um, Coldest Winter Ever. Yeah, those two, which those were the two through a traditional publishing house. Yeah. So. But I would just say, like, for the just amount of problematic shit and people being turned on by murals. <laughs> That's the, the menstrual pad. Dick. The menstrual pad. Nacho cheese dick. Like, don't get me wrong. This had some contenders. The strawberry. <laughs> just oh. the pink color. The big tan couch we didn't even get to. <laughs> this is the club <laughs> next to the Dollar Tree. I can't, I'm like, and they kept going back. I'm like, why are these 20 year olds hanging out at this busted over 40 club? Well, I mean, it was, it was almost 20 years ago. I feel like it was always. (laughs) I grew up around B. Tilly, T. Billy Buffett's because my family went to Overland Plaza a lot. That's the place where it's located. We were there a lot. That's also where the schnooks where we did all our grocery (laughs) shopping. That's how not exclusive or luxurious this club was. Like it could, they could convert it to a Chili's very easily. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I don't know. I think I kept, so I thought like this book made me think of the wedding date Mm -hmm. and the coldest winter ever. Like those are the two I kept going back to. Absolutely. Absolutely. The wedding date for the bad dialogue and the details and the just drinking and smoking Mm -hmm. and stuff coming out of nowhere. And then winter because... Unique wants to be winter, but she's so not. bad, and she is not. She's not. Winter has no time for this woman. No, games. winter would steal her, her black card, like she, her, she, what do you call it, her uh, credit card. She would rob this girl blind. Blind. And she's like, "You are not a competitor," and that's for me was the big thing I couldn't get into, like. These guys are they're supposed to be wild but they're just so mild. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. It you know what? I think that's why I appreciated it cuz it was very <laughs> mild. It's just like uh they're boosting cars, they're dealing drugs but not really no one ever deals a single drug on the No way. one deals any drugs and except for I think Big smoking, maybe two or three bloods. No one does any drugs. Oh, I was going to say Nasheed. 
Oh, did she? In, that, in the middle of the day. <laughs> on ecstasy. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> with this are, whole crew. With this whole crew. It's like, are y'all going to start dancing? <laughs> like, what? Why are you doing ecstasy? Why even show up at that point, bro? In the middle of a work day, bro. Just go on down to the Chili's Club. <laughs> The Shell Station. Oh my God! The St. Louis. If I had to hear about Lucas and Hunt, or Uncle Bill's, or the Shell Station, or Landry's, or I think Queen Isis Jones showed up. The St. Louis American Paris showed up. Casino. I'm like, there's um. too much St. Louis. <laughs> this was a whole journey. Like I love doing these episodes. I briefly thought about you know it'd be really fun for a spinoff series if we did an urban lit title every month. But I was like. I'd have to read an Urban Lit title every month, and I can't do that. Let's get through your Aliens one. <laughs> but you know what? If you do want to go down that road, I would I don't be, know if I can. I would absolutely... You know, if Black Chick Lit becomes a franchise, if we have, like, <laughs> sister podcasts, I will take that one up. You want to talk about um, the Aliens and that be you? I would absolutely do an Urban Lit. I am so... Like... I truly, truly enjoyed this book. You, yeah. What if we did one where you described them to me? <laughs> I could do that like you described the entire plot of the three Twilight books to me. <laughs> that might that actually, still... you know what? That might actually be a good spinoff podcast. Like people explain <laughs> books to me. Exactly. Because that way I can still participate, but I don't have to read them. Because that's the thing that would keep me, because I'm like, that would be wild. And that's the thing that would keep me from doing it. It was like, I don't want to have to actually read them, though. Uh-huh. Because it's the first time that I think I finished a book before you. It is. Like, you fly through. This happens every time. Like, Molly's like, I really enjoy that. And I was like, I struggled. I struggled to finish. Oh. Uh, so, would you recommend this book? No, <laughs> not even for urban lit lovers. Like they're just so, they just they're dumb. They're bad at crime. I their big luxurious spending is actually you know a fifty thousand dollar car in Chesterfield. I can't do it. Not a car, whatever it is they're buying a house in Chesterfield. He could have been in Ledoux or Clayton, Molly. That's where the rich money is in St. Louis. I take your word for it. Is that where Nellie lives? <laughs> Nellie lives in Lake St. Louis. Okay. I don't know. Another place is. they could have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a man-made lake and there's uh, some condos around it. See, but you know what? They were trying to live <laughs> within their means. I just I try to see if there's anything else I forgot, just like overall. We gotta read a book Just, set in Kansas City this year. We do. That should that we gotta do that. So then I can be confused about all the barbecue joints. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kansas City so much. I'm so sorry that every time you interacted with a St. Louis person <laughs> on campus, it was them trying to step to you with some ridiculousness. That's okay. Because we're friends. <laughs> and you show me that St. Louis can be a wonderful place. I'm a transplant to St. Louis. <laughs> Technically I'm a KC person. <laughs> Um, um, I think we talked about how I got tired of every waitress. That was another thing that reminded me of the wedding date. Cause mm-hmm. Jasmine Gilder does that too. Where like, I think she feels like if you're going to write dialogue, you have to include every, every part of the conversation. It's like, hello, sir, ma'am. Would you like to sit in smoking or non-smoking? 
Would you like a Smoking, table? Smoking, please. Okay, great. Would you like a table or a booth? Yes, like everything. Like they sit down and like, what would you like? I would like a Sprite, please. And then would Zoe like orders a diet like tea. Would you like a lemon? Oh, yes, I really like it's, this. It's our we don't need it. We don't need it. <laughs> so just I feel like think they sat down and started eating. I know. Just start the conversation. Oh, I did also love how, so before Nasheed starts hitting on, um, I almost said Zoe, Unique, like mm-hmm. before Big is like shot and quote unquote dead, mm-hmm. he like starts hitting on her in the courthouse yeah. and Unique acts like she's receptive to it and Zoe is just Zoe scandalized. <laughs> and again, I'm like, you dumb hoe. <laughs> Why are y'all so quick, <laughs> so slow to catch up when people are being taken advantage of? I think... Doesn't Unique actually say something? She's like, bitch, I'm conning him. Yes. She has to like, like write it out for her before this girl gets it. Cause she's side eyeing her. Like he put your man away. He How put you big blah, blah, blah. in the hospital. You love big. And I'm like, Zoe, believe. can you catch up? It's like, Zoe, Zoe, come on. Catch up, girl. Zoe, so, you, you're scammers. Come on. It's a so I'm like, the only reason they were successful as a crime is because all their marks were dumber than they were. Rico. Rico at the beginning, dumb. <laughs> and that's the only dumb. crime we see them actually commit. Even even Patience is able to pull one over on her. Like, she hides about the whole thing. She keeps it She keeps it a complete secret. Pa- Unique doesn't know a thing. Yeah, for years. And I'm like... It's like so, I, I feel like we really... You enjoyed it a lot more than I did. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. But hey, <laughs> that's okay. And that's like fair. Like I know my biases mm-hmm. and I'm fine with them. Yeah. I feel like I would like to, now that we've done this, I really want to dig deep and see like, what is the current market? Like, are they still selling as big as they were? Or has it like moved on to sell? Like, what's the thing that all these readers who are reading this, what have they moved on to? Well, I mean, um, this could be SOG play and that was a more contemporary book. Um, I feel That's like true. it's like moved to Kindle Unlimited. I think you're right. Like the indie, like, so I think that's a good point. I think maybe just because it's easier to self-publish mm-hmm. now that people don't need a house like Triple Crown. <laughs> to like, steal all your money. Yes, to Allegedly, steal their money and yes. to publish the book for them. Yeah. That's a valid point. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe next year we'll try to look for another um, contemporary. contemporary, A more recent yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, mm-hmm. Goodreads says it came out in 2012, mm-hmm. but that must have been the re-release. Because I was confused for a hot minute. Oh yeah, this I was definitely like, is this says 2002. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely like saying two ways. Is there a sidekick in this also? <laughs> like, I don't think I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> There's two ways. The songs that get mentioned. They're constantly listening to Sierra. <laughs> we're constantly being told what's playing in the background Dressing and what they're child. jamming to. <laughs> the fashion. The fashion is very 2002. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like a time capsule. It really is. So, oh boy, I will. Like I said, that's the one thing I can say positive. Like she really gives a sense of setting. You Too much feel setting. like <laughs> you're in Missouri. Oh, it's so. I'm telling you, I was back at Mizzou. I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. Somebody was eating some. Nobody was eating toasted rally, ravioli, but I felt it. <laughs> I felt like they were in the some background. Emos? Some emos. Oh, I was going to ask, how was your food tour with your husband? Like, how did the gooey butter cake come he out? He said the gooey butter cake was good. He, I love gooey butter cake. He is still confused by emos. 
What's, what's it's just a flat pizza. But you know the cheese is different. Yeah, that's true. So he didn't really know. And then the review that we watched with that angry pizza man. <laughs> Did you watch the one I sent you from BuzzFeed? No. How am I missing I all your you, things? You missed all my messages. I sent you one like BuzzFeed, I guess, has this sub channel called like, I don't know, Tasty travel or something mm. and they did a st louis food tour and they go to uh, emos i think the one on hampton oh. i say is if you know which that one is but they go to an emos uh-huh. and it's so funny because it's so midwest because a tornado warning breaks out <laughs> while they're filming and they're like really concerned but none of the other <laughs> patrons they're like i mean we can go down in the basement if you want but I'm gonna i am really just want to finish my, my pizza because you can't eat that shit cold Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so it's just funny because like one of them is like hiding in an interior hallway and like all the other customers are just oh, like baby eating their pizza like, i was like yeah, that's very midwest Hide in the bathroom. brace yourself at a door and other people are like what's that fancy los angeles man doing <laughs> exactly. i don't know just it'll pass yeah, I'm not getting in, I'm not getting in place unless I hear the wind coming. Like, I'm sorry. It happens too many times in a season for you to hide every time those sirens go off. <laughs> You'll never live. Uh, yeah. So, oh, oh, I want gooey butter cake and I want some, why didn't I bring some toasted ravioli to this recording? <laughs> I think I'm just hungry. I'm hungry too. It is later. We've been, so all last year we recorded, we recorded early. I know. Because we were hashtag sober. I know. I was a little, little tipsy during this one. Yeah, a little I'm, bit. I think I'm back out of it. Luckily you took the hill. So thank you, mom. <laughs> no, I was just really excited to talk um, this book. I love it. I love that you love it. I, I love I it. I like, yeah. I like that, like. There are people, like, the people are really excited about, like, this, it, like, Urban Lit. And, like, it does have, I think, a really strong following among people who would not ID as traditional readers. Mm-hmm. It's like we said at the beginning. I, it's like black women are reading it, mm-hmm. and they're going to call you out if mm-hmm. it's inauthentic. Just like you did with this book. I sure Just did. Just like people would, did with Tanaka. <laughs> oh, God. Have you ever met anyone named Tanaka? That was the first thing. I was like no. looking at the nameplate. I was like, I don't, what is that name? It reminds me of tapioca. Like, don't, I don't know. And it's like, that's another thing. You made up this name. Yeah. And I like Retta, but I feel like you probably directed her to act a certain way. Yeah. And it's like, because I like on Parks and Recreation, she's like the opposite of like the stereotype they would traditionally write for that role. I could, you know what? This is controversial. I could never get in Parks and Rec. I've only seen a few episodes. I do it. Yeah. And I do, but I do know that on that show, she's like the rich, sophisticated, uh, you know, fancy one. She's the one she's got, like, always got a date. Like, she's the, like, the cool, classy one uh, compared to Eddie Murphy, who did, like, like fucking Norbert. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. I feel like I. Well. We're at two. I guess that's done. Two and three quarter hours. I feel wrung see, out. My husband, he was like, like I said, he's watching the baby. He's like, I'll see you in three hours. I was like, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be that long. I mean, this isn't addicted, but here we are. There was a strawberry in a vagina, so. I mean, we had to talk about it. I'm glad we got the, you know, we've got, you know, the the cheese dick and strawberry and vagina. Strawberry so. vagina. What will happen next January? You'll just have to wait around and see <laughs> Leave food alone. 
please. We, I wish, uh, that might be a patron, because I really feel like we need to read some Donald Goins or Gaines, however mm. you say his name, because he's a name that comes up a lot, and I think I've read him before. Okay, I haven't read him. Oh, he's very, like, his urban fiction is, like, really gritty. Oh, really? And it's about, like, the struggle. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, because this was not a struggle. <laughs> no, it was not. So that would be interesting. Okay, all right. Interesting. So what have you been reading, Molly? Okay, so I read, um, I listened to You, which is oh, <laughs> what the uh, Netflix show is based on. Um, and it's interesting because, um, did you ever watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. Have you- There's a lot of books, you know, things you know I haven't watched. <laughs> That's right. Did you watch You? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so it's it's narrated by the guy who plays the boyfriend on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Okay. But he sounds 100% exactly like the, like, uh, the I don't know what his name is, uh, the guy who plays Joe on the Netflix show You. Like, they sound cadence, tone of voice, line delivery, like, one for one. They sound exactly alike. So when I was listening to it, I was like, Super confused. <laughs> um, so I read that. It was good. Um, there are definitely some lines in there where I was like laughing. I was like, hey, chill. Damn, that's something I thought. I was like, damn, he's a serial killer though. Oh no. <laughs> like there's some parts about him being an Ikea and how like, much he hates being an Ikea. Um, and I was like, oh no. Um, and then I started the sequel to that, uh, Hidden Bodies, which is also pretty good. I guess it's like in line with the second season. And then, um, I started listening or reading, um, Lovecraft Country. Have you heard of that one? No. Is it related to like HP Lovecraft? It is. Um, and I guess. (laughs) That was a stretch for me, wasn't it? (laughs) I guess it's going to be turned into an HBO show. Um, I think produced by Jordan Peele. Um, mm. And it's basically like set in 60s. I don't know. I'm forgetting the exact time date. But it's set back in the day. And it's basically like melding like Lovecraftian style horror with um, like this trip to the Jim Crow South. Um, and it's like this guy, he's got like this birthright inheritance and his dad goes missing and he has to go find his father. And there's like a plucky female character and like an old man character who's too too old for this shit. And it's not like, it's not the best like written. Like there's definitely some things where I'm like getting confused, like from the writing, but I think like the, the idea and the story is really interesting and I really love the female character in it. Um, so I want to finish it before the series comes out, I guess sometime this year. Um, but yeah, it's good. I I would recommend it like, or at least the TV show if it's good, but. Listening to you describe it, I think I've seen something about it. Maybe I just didn't know the title. Uh, Cause that sounds familiar. Like Jordan Peele's new project in the sixties with a horror bit. Yeah. 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 Did you see that? Um. Our girl Nettie is getting a Hulu series. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, go back and listen to... I can't even remember. 
Binti? Well, we did Binti, but then when some of her comments came out, if you can remember. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I can't remember the episode, but we kind of talked about some of the comments that she made about black Americans. And maybe that should be a black uh, discussion, because it we didn't get to discuss like the history of Afro- Afrofuturism. Yeah. And like, because that could be a whole thing. That could be a whole thing. But, but yeah, I, I did see that kind of popping off, and we did make the decision because we were going to read. Um, Masquerade or Night, yeah. whatever the third one is. And then yeah. we, we, we consciously said we weren't going to read any more of her books. Yeah. So go back and listen to that if you want. <laughs> I also saw, sorry, now I'm on series. Uh, I saw the trailer for Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. And Carrie Washington's in it. Oh, really? It looks... Yeah, it makes me want to read the book again because, so the book is about this secret, like this rich, really privileged woman who like, as a way like feel better or like feel like she's doing good in the world, she'll frequently rent out this house her family owns to like a someone in need. Mm. And in the book, it's a white lady. And mm. it's like, it talks about like class and all that. But in this TV series, it looks like it's a black lady. Mm. And so it's going to deal with like class and, and race, race. And I think it's going to deal with it more Head on. explicitly than the book did. Okay. So I'm kind of like, ooh, I gotta watch that. I like Reese Witherspoon, even though I had to question the integrity of her reading club after a certain <laughs> book got picked for it. <laughs> I was like, this is just a marketing. Someone paid to be in this book club. <sighs> yeah, and she's always like <laughs> smiling and holding the book. I'm like, are you reading that? I'm sure she reads. I like her. I like a lot of her movies. Yeah. Um, I just saw Oh, something- I'm sure she reads too. Where they were like, oh, I realized that um, What's-His-Name was actually the villain in Election and not um, Reese Witherspoon's character. I was like, no, duh. <laughs> He's hitting on kids. He's a creep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I yeah, like Yeah, I, I like her. I think it'll be, and she's helping to, like, produce it. So, like, she's oh. the reason it's getting made, oh, I think. yeah. What is so that um, I, author's name? Celeste Ng. That's right. Mm-hmm. I read both of her books. I think she only has two books out. Yeah. Um, Everything I Never Told You and Little Fires Everywhere. So I've read both of them. I keep seeing it. And now I kind of want to go back and reread it. Oh, I should read this. But I don't know. I'm so. just... And maybe maybe it's going to be again this... Because last year I was like, I need real light reads. And maybe mm-hmm. this year I'm going to need like real messy reads to just like... To make up for it. When I can read it at like 2 a.m., when I'm sitting up and me and my baby are listening to an audiobook, <laughs> I'm gonna need something with simple plots. Well, my reads so far have been mm-hmm. go ahead all over the place. What have you read? So I read. Well, I read some good stuff. I read Eloquent Rage, mm. a Black feminist discovers her superpower by Brittany Cooper. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, and I read One Romance, Sweet Talking Lover by Tracy Livesey. They sent it to me for like a review i meant to do something on social and then i didn't because it was its release date was like december 30th mm, oh. and i'm like that's in the midst of some craziness like there's a lot happening yeah. um i've been reading a lot of ice planet <laughs> barbarians which if you didn't know yes we've talked about it but i guess we never explicitly said it i started another podcast mm-hmm. where i do a read through of the ice planet barbarian series and then each week we have a different guest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been and real good. Your first guests were, what was it, Lusty Intellectuals? Mm-hmm. Very good. Who's The first one was just me. first one was just you. Lusty Intellectuals. And then the Lusty Intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Who's up next? So, 
Uh, her name is, she's Isabel from Romance Sparks Joy. Okay. It's been great so, so far. I've been really enjoying it. I'm glad. <laughs> because you haven't read them. So I'm like, that's cool. If someone who hasn't read any of them can keep up. Yeah. That's successful. Yeah, I could definitely follow them. Yeah. I mean, there's not that much to follow. It's a book <laughs> series about blue aliens who just really love. <laughs> Molly did one book because she is a trooper. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on an episode later on. <laughs> and it was probably, it was a great deal of fun. I read My Daddy is a Hero, how Chris Watts went from family man to family killer. Oh. And it bummed me out. I saw that on your Goodreads and I was like, Danielle, no. I know. I know better. <laughs> and I did it anyway. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. I haven't read any other true crime. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. Because it's really scary. Like that man, when they like, so this is written by a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she sort of explores, she's like, how did this man who everyone thought was, you know, loving and cared about his wife and his children, like be able to do this? And it's like, oh, it's because he's a psychopathic narcissist. Mm. And he truly cannot feel remorse. And yeah, he's just out there like that. And it like, it. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Wasn't he giving you nightmares? All the true crime? It was. And it's like a cycle. We discussed this. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get nightmares and I'll stop. And then, like, something will draw me back. And I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened here? <laughs> and I'll get nightmares. I had a nightmare about the night, the uh, original Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate people who talk about their dreams. So I'll just say the thing that happened was I saw him hiding behind a fence in my backyard. <laughs> and I shouted, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing here? And then he just slid out and walked away. Oh, and that no. was the dream. <laughs> and I woke up really disturbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then I read 10 arguments for deleting your social media accounts right now. Mm-hmm. And I am currently reading digital minim- minimalism. Mm. So we'll see. Okay. I have been like, Molly, you were right. Mm. Like I said that again this year. They have like, what I've learned reading these books is like all these websites and things are purposefully designed to keep you addicted to them. Mm. They are programmed by like the way the whole likes are set up. It's supposed to like get you to keep coming back compulsive. And like I find myself compulsively checking, mm-hmm. even though I haven't posted anything or done anything mm-hmm. to see if I've gotten any likes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's such a time waste. I don't like how I like feel like I always have to be on my phone. So, and then also what are they doing with that data? Right. So... Yeah, I deactivated my Facebook. I didn't delete it. I've deactivated it six times. <laughs> because I didn't realize how many things I had tied into my Facebook login. Oh, yeah. That's how they get you. And it's hard. Because yes. some of them you Spotify, can't... Patreon. Right? Yeah. Because some things you have to absolutely, like, completely shut down. Like, you can't right. disconnect them. Yeah, you can't just transfer it over. Mm-hmm. So, that's a whole thing. So, Twitter is what I need to quit because... Twitter is what wastes my time. Mm. I can waste some time on Twitter. And I have a timer on my phone now, and I just ignore it. <laughs> a timer for, like, social so, media? For just Twitter. Like, yeah, I can put, you can put, um, on Android, you can put, like, app-specific timers. So I can say, I'm only allowed to spend 90 minutes a day on it. And so uh, I'll hit it, and it'll be like, do you want to spend more? And I'll I'm be like, like yes, yeah, yeah, another 30 minutes. I would like to, yes. And then I'll hit it, and it'll be like, do you need more? <laughs> so... I need, like, I'm, like, give it the phone to my mom and be, like, set up a parental control and tell it not to let me spend more than two hours on Twitter. And don't tell me the pen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Woo, this is a really talky long episode. My jaw hurts. So let's wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs>
Uh, we want to thank our patrons. Mm-hmm. We have a Patreon, you guys. You can find us at patreon.com slash blackchicklit. So we are going to thank our patrons in no particular order. We want to thank Adoria, Allie, Brianna, Carrie B. Bell, Dominique, Ellen, Frank, I Found This Great Book Podcast, Kat, Maria, Montera, and Sylvia. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Oh, what's next? Um... <laughs> Forgot the outline. <laughs> oh, you could feel this if you would like to support us. You can become a patron at only two dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Find the link in the episode description, and we'll hook you yeah. up. And it it just it helps us like get books. Yes, so we mm-hmm. can stay like independent. Thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, books and server, and server fees are really. <laughs> no, we've spent it all on wine now. <laughs> I know <laughs> club drugs. <laughs> ecstasy um a designer brands if you don't have you know if you can't support us monetarily that is fine you can always follow mm-hmm. us on twitter at black Chicklet, on instagram at bcl podcast and visit us at black Chicklet.com. um mm-hmm. you know little things like that um supporting us subscribing to us on itunes and google reviewing us and rating us that really helps get our name out there like you know, so many people, I think, come to us because they, they're they like, I'm tired of all this bullshit with RWA. And then they look up, like, black romance and they find us. Or they're seeing people, like, you know, share us, share our episodes, share things that we see, that we say on Twitter. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. really what gets new people drawn to us. It's all word of mouth. Like, we have no real budget to work with. Everything that we're getting from Patreon, like we said is going back into producing the show. Um, Mm -hmm. So any word of mouth, anything that you can say or anything that you can, um, you know, share with a friend or an aunt or a mom, grandmas love us. It, it really helps us out (laughs) if you can't do it monetarily, like even letting someone know about us um, or just giving us a follow helps tremendously. Yeah. And I think it's just as satisfying to see like a tweet of someone saying they love us or a good review is just as satisfying as like getting the monetary support. So we're here for all yeah, of it. We love you guys. Um, if you have questions or comments, you can send them to contact at blackchicklit.com. Um, and we want to thank Sweet 45 for our theme, Jones. And you can find them at soundcloud.com sweet 45. That's S U I T E four five. And I think, that's, I think it. that's it. Thank you guys for joining us for another Urban Lit January. Um, I don't think we're, we'll, we, I don't, oh, I don't think we'll do a question um, next time. Yeah, we'll pick, we'll a, pick topic. a topic. So be on the yeah. lookout for that. We'll say it on Twitter. And as always, if you have like thoughts about this, if you have thoughts about Urban Lit, if you have thoughts about any of it, um, let us know. We love hearing from you guys. If you are a true lover of Urban Lit... I would love to hear what are some titles. Send us we some need to titles. Do. What are the new ones? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because clearly, between this addicted and coldest winter ever, we are stuck <laughs> 20 years in the past. <laughs> it's so true. tell us the new things. What are the hot titles people are reading? Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. In the meantime, go listen to Ice Planet podcast. <laughs> Be on the lookout for if someone describes books to me. <laughs> I love, listen, that's got to be a thing. A special, special episode. I'm I here would for love it. that. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks.
Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.